welcome to another episode of Block Talk presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. I am so happy to share that this episode is sponsored by our friends over at Daft Boy. Daft Boy is an LGBTQ plus owned and operated startup based in San Francisco, committed to creating high quality and unique fans, accessories, and gear perfect for any occasion. Listeners of Block Talk can earn 15% off their purchase at daftboy.com with the code BLOCKTALK15. That's BLOCKTALK15 at daftboy.com. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterinthenow.com for its news, reviews, and interviews. Hello, Uglies. I think we've been set up. The premiere of Dragula Titans had its wild twists and turns, but honey, it was all about the drama and the five-person unrequited love triangle. Yes, that's what I said. Romantic drama on Dragula. How horrific. So who gave us a treat and who tricked us so poorly that they were sent back to hell? It's time to talk all things Dragula Titans. And joining me are the arch nemesis pet parents of Queens, Jane and Amanda Masker. Hello. <laughs> what? <laughs> Listen, after watching this episode, I've been inspired to create false narratives, just like the show's doing. Clearly. (laughs) That's very funny. Yes. Yes. Some of these plot lines are actually ridiculous. I was living, though. Acting. The acting we're getting. And very produced. (laughs) It's so produced. And we're going to go through it because there are a couple of things that piss me off as a reality TV fan, but also piss me off as a viewer of the show. Now, I guess like five and a half seasons in Resurrections, like a half season. I don't know. There's just a lot of this season. I was like, I'm so excited for it. I'm living for it. It's like but, watching bad improv. Yeah. Um, the Boulets need to take a step back and bring in other people to do the work that they should not be doing. Like, let them judge, let them host, let them create. Don't do not do these storylines because they're really getting bad. Oh, Lord. Just, just um, As always. I must leave a disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast. We are discussing reality TV shows characters as presented through us to us through reality television production. We are shown what an editing of a television show wants us to see. We react to what is presented. Yes, these are real people that have been given an opportunity to go on television to share their craft, but they also have put themselves in a position to be discussed. What is said in this podcast is for entertainment to discuss the reality television show. Oh, I love now this. Now I can say yeah, I got, listen, now that I know that there are some um, drag artists around the world who listen to the podcast, I have to I have to put it out there just yes. so they know. I love yes. y'all. I respect what you do, but I'm critiquing what I see. It's a good disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, first off, let's discuss uh, No Delay on Shutter. They finally got it right. Um, out on time. Oh, really? See, that's what happened. I can't watch at midnight anymore, but I'm glad. Amanda and I used to last year, we'd go back and forth and be like, what the fuck is it? And watch Reddit freak out. Twitter freak out. Everybody was like dying at the fact that, nope, 12 12 o'clock, nothing. 12.05, nothing. 12.10, nothing. (laughs) 1 a.m., nothing. It was like, what is going on? Now, friends who don't want to buy Shudder, I have a hack for you. Don't do Shudder. Buy AMC+. Oh, because oh. you get AMC, you get um, BBC America, which includes Doctor Who, you get Shudder, and you get all these other shows. I mean, I love Mad Men. I'm going to go watch Mad Men now. I've never seen um, 
Walking Dead. Maybe you'll go watch it. Thanks, what? AMC Plus. Wow. Watch Interview with the Vampire. Yes, with the guy who was on Doctor Who this week. <laughs> there you mm-hmm. go. There it is. Full circle. Um, full circle. Full, full circle. Now, before we dive into this episode, I have a, a question for you both. How many pages of notes do you think I have? Ten. Front Ten, and okay. back. Okay. Uh, Ten only about the love <laughs> hexagon. <laughs> That's possible. About that. um, 23 pages. <gasps> Wait, front and back? Not front and back, just, just oh, front okay. sides printed. Uh, 23 pages of notes because there was a lot that happened in this hour and 35 minute episode. Oh my. Before we dive into it, overall thoughts. What do we think? Amanda? It's going to be a good season. Um, I don't know, again, this, like the production part of it, the, you know, this character thing. I don't know how far and how, you know, how much of a shtick we're going for here. Clearly a lot. But in terms of the actual competition, it's going to be amazing. Like, yeah. First episode of any indication of what the rest of the season is going to look like, buckle up. Jane, what about you? Um, I agree. I feel like the season overall, like competition, and especially like who's um, competing, like A plus, like top notch, like great. Um, but the whole like drama and production is a bit questionable. Yeah, I feel like there was about 20% of fluff in this episode 20 20 percent of fluff mm. like things that could have been cut out and we still would have got the final product you know what's happening in it's sort of sad to say but it kind of reminds me of when drag race does acting challenges and michael you know this because we we talk constantly i just it's so cringe sometimes. You just fast forward to the runway. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, no, it is. I, and there was a lot of moments where I felt the desire to do that. I didn't, but I felt the desire to. Like I, I joke later on in this podcast where I'm going to say there's a specific quota of airtime that the Boulay brothers need to be on the episode. Mm-hmm. Like they were there. There was so much of them that could have been cut out. We still could have been fine. Um, and there was a lot of repetition. Yep. But. These contestants are killing it. No. Most of them. <laughs> <laughs> Let's begin. Uh, we're going to begin with a little movie where we just have a camera journey through a castle of sorts with rum- thunder rumbling, lightning flashing, and generic spooky ship. Did this go on for way too long before we even saw a human? Yeah, it did. A whole minute long of ship. <laughs> well, the Boulay brothers are here wearing the most basic bi- bride of Frankenstein getups as they ask us, the unexpected visitor, how we got in. And calls us naughty. I mean, tea, probably. Drac and Swan tell us that the doorway we walked in from is the doorway to the underworld, and the only way in is to die, but there is no exit, so get comfortable. You're going to be here for a long time. Ten episodes, in fact. They tell us that they are starting a new game, and we are the only star spectator for a true Clash of the Titans, and trapped are the spirits of some of their best drag monsters who met their untimely death while competing for the crown of Dragula, and they feel there is more fight trapped in their rotten bones. It is time to find out who the best of the best is in true Titan of Dragula. Fine. They got to put their little um, B-movie horror spooky movie at the beginning of every episode. I'm glad that's all it was. This is it. Short, sweet, and we got a point. This had a point, finally. Maybe they're listening to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) 
did this need to be here? Did you need the setup? What, how did you feel or did you skip right forward to our first monster? Um, I love their little like B movie intros, so I'm I'm a little biased. That's fair. That's that's allowed. Amanda, where are you fall on this? Um, I do not like them. I <laughs> I just, but I'm also just that person. I really am very straight to the point. Like I don't I don't really like to fuck around, and so mm-hmm. I feel like you know just start the show. Like a lot of these like cutesy like. But, but I get it though. I get it. It's their aesthetic. It's great for them. I put up with it because of them. I don't fast forward, like I said, um, but I just, they're not my favorite. Yeah. Well, we're here for the monsters. Let's talk about them. So each monster will get a moment coming out of their coffin, walking into the workroom. I mean, boudoir, sorry. Um, yes, that is the same room in the building that they just happened to film in. So um, this is literally where drama will come to life this season. First up is the bitch who had a glow up in the face, but not in the looks. It's season four's Coco Kane. <laughs> she says she believes she was brought back because her time on the season was cut too short and came alive at the end of the season. She's excited to show the world who Coco Kane really is. Her goal is to be easier to work with, as we are reminded how poorly she and Mary Cherry were as a pair. She hopes to prove and show the world that versatility and professionalism come in many different forms. Um, it's really funny that she's like, yeah, end of the season. I was like, yeah, your best thing was when you were eliminated and you were a fucking clown spooking all the other contestants. That should not be your highlight. I want to see you do well in the show. Are we happy Coco's here, Amanda? Okay. Okay, Michael, you are wrong. Um, <laughs> it's amazing she's back. I fucking love her. There's something about her. Um, maybe, yes, her drag is not as polished as other people but I don't fucking care. Um, there's something so it, it, she could be the biggest bitch, but she's so real. And that's likable to me. Um, the other thing is no matter what the bitch is hot. Like I, I don't know. She came out of that coffin and she's one of the few of them that actually like came alive out of the, like coffin. I said, she got a glove in that face. She knows how to paint well. And even yeah, out, so out of drag, out of drag that, that was hot. Talented. You know, so I, I don't know. I, I love her and I was very happy that she got another chance because I, I did think, you know, her time was cut short on her season. Jane, what do you think? I agree. I mean, I liked Coco Kane on her season. I thought she was super fun. Although I was like a little confused when she was like, oh, I'll play nice. Like this time, like she was totally fine. Like in the last season, it was her partner that yeah um so yeah i mean i think she's fun and i'm really excited um what she's gonna bring all right let's go through the look a little bit um overall there's gonna be no designers listed we're not gonna spook or boo them because i didn't have any photos um from the audience but we us three will spook and boo them we will speak for our audience but um the elements are very simple but it is elevated all over so slightly in this look the boots very generic but they're colorful um, usually we're seeing red as an accent color to black in a monster world, but she chose pink and it's very fitting for her. Of course, the giant ass titties are on full display. Her makeup is gorgeous. I love that she is playing with that white cartoon highlight aesthetic. Very, very cool here. Best hair she's ever worn. Love the rooted blonde. Am I getting monster from this? No. Glamour for her? Sure. Filth? The titties. But at the end of the day, it's drag, bitch. I appreciate this as an entrance look. Jane, what did you think? 
oh I loved it (laughs) I thought it was like a great intro and yeah um she looked hot (laughs) Amanda yeah she was smoking I to me again was it like this ornate couture like no it wasn't and it didn't need to be because that's not her brand so again she just looked hot I'll give a spook 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 all right, coming in all the way from season one, it's Melissa B. Fierce. She tells us that she was attacked left and right, up and down on her season, but I don't think I remember quite the same. Uh, she was, in fact, the cunt of the cast. She plans on doing things she didn't get to do on season one and has lots of tricks up her sleeves and says the competitors should be worried about her. And yeah, that intro, everyone's going to be terrified of her because she's a messy-ass bitch. I love it. Um, this look, no designers listed. It's a late, latex leotard, black horns, black thigh highs, I mean, this is how you want to return, baby. No. Mug, always super on point. Paints glamour. I just needed an amplified look out of her. Amanda, what is going on? I don't know, but I felt bad because when I was watching, I almost forgot she was on the cast. And I was like, yeah. who? Who? Yeah. And I mean, I feel bad again because I, I do think like they're all fierce. You know, all the contestants on. Sure. I can't say anything bad about any of them because, you know, they're all great at what they do. But yeah, I just, you know, it could have been better. And again, I felt like she was one of the uh, contestants and I will go through it that like came out of that coffin with like no performance out of it. Like, bitch, you lay me in that coffin and you don't even know what I'm going to do. Do you know what I mean? Like you're going to really make a statement from the get-go and she didn't, not at all. Jane, what did you think of this entrance? So I thought like from the like neck up was great. Yeah. <laughs> and, like the Here. bottom was like boring. Like it's just like a bodysuit. And and like you said, like you're gonna premiere with that, like for Dragula's like season premiere, like no. And as an all-star season. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I don't know, like she was never really like a to be honest like in her season like I didn't feel like a whole lot of like monster-esque yep. like drag yeah. coming from her up until like the last episode and I right. thought like her looks on the last episode were were really really awesome but it's kind of like all right like you had like several episodes to like prove yourself but you only showed up for like the last one and yep. and for this especially when you came back for you know Dragula Titans, bigger budget, I know, for compared to her last season. Um, Literally so, actual confessionals this time. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, like go all out. Like yeah. you got to make an impression. So I don't know. I just, I also feel like, has she really been out there? You know, how, like, I don't feel like she is as booked as everybody else on the cast? I, I think Melissa is one of those queens who has been friendly with the Boulets for a long time prior to yeah. Dragula. And when it came to casting, they wanted the cast to be as diverse as possible. Yeah. And she fits that. Um, and I think it was a friendly face, um, a good representation from season one. Is she the person I wanted to see from season one? No, no, where's Meatball? Not at all. Um, but, Meatball. Um, 
Like people's too busy yes. hanging out with Nicole Byer. Like there's no <laughs> there's no time. Like Nicole Byer was like, bitch, you got a call from Jagula. Um, what am I supposed to do for two months? Like, no, don't yeah. even. Um, but yeah, Melissa, this is a boo, 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 boo. <sighs> yeah. Is there like a root or something? There's like like a mid, right? Like you don't hate it. Like, yeah, because yeah. like her, like just the not. top was great. Like her makeup and her wig was amazing, but just everything else was like, oh come on. It's about the full fantasy. Fine, fine. Um, it's a it's a uh boot. <laughs> um, she's enters the room, and Coco reminds us that Melissa was known for her fierce tongue, so she's gonna stay on her good side, and we will have much more on that later on this episode. Melissa doesn't know what to expect from Coco as she knows she's feisty AF, but time will tell if they will be friends or enemies. Now, Melissa says that even walking into the boudoir is an upgrade from season one, and she hopes they're all ready for it as she's ready to turn it up. All right. The winner has arrived, and if she does win, I will riot. She is from Dragula season three, and she is back with a vengeance. It's Eva Destruction. She says she had some ups and downs on her season with some great victories and challenge wins, but she had a rocky end. And then we're going to cue the crying montage. It's like, I don't remember that being her storyline, but okay. She <laughs> says if she could change one thing from her season, it would be stop being so scared. She feels this season will be different as she feels like a more realized monster. I'm so excited for even Destruction. And I know everyone on this panel is very excited for even Destruction. Why are we so excited, Jane? Why? Uh, because Eva should have won. <laughs> she should have won. Um, wow, you I, hate drag kings. I see how it is. Yeah, so, yeah I know. That's savage. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm glad Landon Sider. Like, I, I was pegging for either Eva or Landon, but like, let, here, let, let's let's clarify. Eva should have been in the finals, and here, Louisiana yes. Purchase should never have made it into onto the show. Um, oh no. I don't believe in that. No, let's not. Let's right, not. continue, Jane. Sorry, oh, sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but I feel like Eva's definitely like way more confident than they were in their last season, especially now like being embraced as like a hairy queen and whatnot. Yes. So I am really excited what uh what tricks they're gonna pull up on this season. Amanda. Oh my God. I fucking love Eva. I've before she even got cast on Dragula, I was a big fan. And the second she got cast, it just felt more in love. And again, I don't necessarily know, you know, again, she definitely should have been a finalist for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. This is her, this is her time, you know, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited because again, to Jane's point, we're seeing this evolution of herself as a person as well, not just as a drag monster. And that is going to lend itself to even better drag. So. Absolutely. I'm going to ask dear friend of the podcast, Rissy Bits, if she can connect me and see if we can get Eva on. Yes! We um, now, love we love see. Eva. We love Eva. I love Eva. But this yeah. look, oh my God. Um, uh, it's not the best we've seen from her. Like, it's spider webs. It's sim- on the simpler side. Um, exposed corset? Get out of my pub! Uh, the black boots? Maybe the queen's got them on discount if they each bought a pair. Um, she's serving her signature mug. She's reminding us she's going to be serving face and fur. I, I mean, I suppose we can say based on last season, they don't know what they're going to go be in for. They could be slaughtered with crap, which they will be. So I guess maybe this was her way of saying, if you want to ruin a look on me, this is the one you can ruin for me. But we know Eva can do better. This was not great. Jane? Um, 
yeah I agree like she could have done better but I was I think I was just too like like starry-eyed that I'm like That's I'm fair. just happy to see her you know? yeah Amanda what did you think of this um spiderweb couture fuck off I love it like I just you would wear that you know I would and you know how I feel about exposed corsets because I fucking do it all the time I don't <laughs> care what you think I don't care what anybody thinks not a bell I don't <laughs> she looks so hot like I I can't she's embracing every curve every swerve her hairy beast nature little sexy little spooky like it was cute stop um it's just gonna be the only boo i give her all season long i can predict what no 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 no, spook. no spook yeah uh, coco is glad to see eva and hopes she'll be the only person from season three lol nope dream on uh eva shares that season three was a whirlwind as they had a lot of personalities and she says she kept a level head and coco is like sure jan sure you did um i want to interject for a second Mm-hmm. what was it all of a sudden now people were shitting on season three and i was like oh we're, uh, we, we're gonna back. get there in a second because okay. i don't get it i'm I very there yeah. wait th- this is news to me i didn't know oh that. this episode did you watch the show yes they, they were no oh, I, I did but like they mentioned it in the yeah, thing. they mentioned it being it was terrible um mm-hmm. but yeah we'll get no, to it was it? Okay. i know i agree we'll talk about all right it. new york is in the house it's Erica Clash from season two. She says she was known as the queen of the extermination challenge, but this time around, she wants to do well in the main challenges. She believes she is a fully formed monster this time around and how her aesthetic can live in the world and how much she's put into her drag. No designers listed, but this is Erica and it may not look like an upgrade. It is because she says it is an upgrade. So we're going to believe her. The wig is quintessential Erica. In fact, we will learn that this may actually have been the wig that she wore on season two to enter the competition. She's coming in cutesy with bright colors, yellows and purples and blues. I think as far as reminding us who she is, this works. But if you're looking for Erica 2.0 at the jump, it's not here yet. Amanda, what did you think of this debut from Erica? Um, okay, how am I going to put this nicely? Um, <laughs> Just I, say it. <laughs> I know. I do. I mean, I, I do love her. I think I especially love her spirit. I think her drag is really cute. But... I just, I'm not buying what she's selling. I didn't really think this is another one where I was like, this is what you're going to show me as like the intro. I don't know. Like it gave me very go home first vibes. It was just like, I don't know. I, I feel bad because, you know, she's our, our hometown sis, but I just, I don't know. No bueno. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Jane. I liked it I thought it was like you know very on brand with her and it was very like playful and I I enjoyed it I like if she showed up something like completely different like I would be like that's not Erica you know that's very valid yeah so the fact that she kind of just stayed like true to who she was like props to you yeah I I feel like it was it it was fine as a reminder because yeah, season two was a little bit ago. Um, there are probably people who are new to the franchise. So that she's saying, this is who I am. This is what you can expect. But everyone who will talk to her is right. Where's the change? For that, I will give it a very, very, very soft spook. Like right on that line. I agree. Soft, soft, soft. <laughs> I give it a solid spook. 
Um, you want to know a fun fact about Erica Clash? Yeah, tell us. I know she has a thing for blonde boys because she went on a date with the boy who ghosted me. Ew. I know, right? See, now I don't like her anymore. (laughs) (laughs) When I found out about that, I was like, she's not even your type. What are you talking about? Okay. Questionable. Probably just want to free shit out of the date. Um, anyway. Coco says to us that she hopes Erica's drag has evolved since their time, and that will be the plot line this entire episode for Erica. Eva says Erica's here. That's fun. More on that, please. I want to know why they're not okay. But Melissa believes Erica is here because someone has to go home first. And I was like, but Kendra hasn't entered yet. Shh, keep it to yourself. So, with four in the room, it's one from each season, which Erica finds exciting. And Melissa will say that three suck the most. And I wholeheartedly disagree. It was wild and fun. And I like the majority of that cast. Like, that is the cast that I would probably stack in an all-star season. Yeah, I was very surprised because, like, first of all, the shade, like, I, anytime anyone's going to talk shit about season three, I'm immediately going to be on the defense of, like, oh, okay, so you don't like drag kings, right? Like, that's that's number one. Oh, oh, AFAB like, performers. That's what I was going to say. And you don't like AFAB performers. Got it. Got it. And I don't know. Like it was great. The challenges were great. The contestants, like I, I really enjoy season. Like, I mean, I enjoy all the seasons. Listen, maybe Melissa just doesn't want to fuck the big picture, Clint. (laughs) And I just, honestly, if, if any of them are the ones that I don't like it's season one, but I digress. That's my, that's me as well. Oh, I didn't like season two. Disasterina, come on. No, 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 no. I like the contestants of season two, but I thought like in terms of like production and storyline. Terrible, terrible. It was so sloppy. Like oh, I did not understand what was going on. If but you I- try to rewatch it and justify why bitch putting wins, it's oh. very hard to do. Yep, yep. I let's not even start this conversation. Very hard to do. Bitch putting deserved to win, but very hard watching the season as a whole. Wait I, a minute. Like, I know so many people that are like, no, bitch deserved it. Like, that how was everyone's going to say Absolutely. It. But it's how they produced it. It made yeah. zero sense. Yeah, yeah, that I agree. Not at all. Not, yeah, let's not, because this is like, we could be here all day talking. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll do an episode. We'll, we'll do like maybe in the future, like a um, rewatch the entire season and do a little special podcast. <laughs> yeah, there you um, go. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Speaking of season three, it's the sneaky cryptid from season three, Yavska. As predicted in the preview podcast, the beret is back because that's how you know Yavska now. She says she's a little bit more creepy with more stuffing and a little bit more rhinestones. She says that on her season, she had a habit of getting into her head and she says they all cried, but that is in the past now. And she thinks she is a threat. Um, This look. I can't tell you what it, she is. Someone will tell us what they think she is later on, but we're going to save that. So don't say those words. Let out. Um, I think this is what Yashka does. You get it or you don't. The construction is something most people can't even attempt to do. So you've got to give the bitch credit for that. There are clowns on her lips. I can't tell you why. Um, now, I know that some of her things are a little lack of polish compared to someone like Hoso, but Yovska has a brand and a vision that's important in this competition. And that's why I think we, it's really important Yovska's there. And I'm so excited to celebrate Yovska this season. Amanda, what did you think of this reintroduction to Yovska? I mean, it's Yovska. That's literally it. It's Yovska is a noun, an adjective, a verb, <laughs> I'm sure. Like if we really think about it and that was the look. And I can't even, I can't even say if I like it or dislike it because 
I don't get it, but I'm not supposed to get it. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. that's, again, it's perfectly on brand. So bravo. Jane, what'd you think? Um, Yeah, I'm on par. Like, it's not that I'm like happy nor like disappointed in seeing Yoska, but like, I mean, Yoska is definitely like fun in terms of like um, their drag and there's no question of doubt that they're very talented as well. Um, but yeah, uh, who said it? Like toilet, toilet, tel- mm-hmm. teletubby. <laughs> Jane, mm-hmm. Jane doesn't listen. What did Michael say? <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We'll get to it later, but I right. like this look. I'm going to give it a spook. Yeah. Sure. Again, it's, it, <laughs> it was it's her look and like, it looked great. And like, you know, it's her, whatever. As she's about to walk through the room, oh, Canada plays as she waves a flag. So camp. That was hilarious. That was so funny. I just thought it was so silly because the only other time, like we've seen that with um, Brooklyn Heights when she entered the room in uh, season 11. I was like, that's the funny parallel that you have like those two as your representations of Canada. But Erica is excited to see Yovska. She believes they have similar aesthetics and similar interests and they will have some fun. And me thinks that maybe the two of them are going to have like an identical looks later on this season. Um, why else would we put that in there? Eva will say that the look is giving circus. And after Yovska says hello to Coco, she will turn to a producer and say, who is that? What a shady monster. She knows who Yovska is, right? She has to know. <laughs> Now, Eva does say seeing another season three competitor means representation, but reminds us that Yovska is a fucking shady little gremlin, so she's going to keep an eye out for her. But Melissa does not want Yovska's mouth to step on her toes, but I guess we'll find out how much of a shady little gremlin this bitch is going to be this season. Mm-hmm. All right. From season four, we get more of Astrid. She come, came in hot and won the first challenge, but then crashed and burned in episode two. We're going to get a flashback of her infamous meltdown that resulted in her elimination. Good times, good times. She is expecting the best of the best as well as the most ego of egos. And yeah, she nailed that one. Um, She's like a cat, I think. Like, I think the makeup is on point, always strong. The look again, maybe she wanted to wear something that could get ruined. Um, love a harness moment, but um, it's not the most put together see- thing we've seen her, but her face is beautiful. Jane, what did you think of Astrid's look? Oh, I I thought it was amazing. I loved it. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. But I'm also just really happy to see Astrid, but I'm also a little scared. So That's uh, fair. That's fair. Yeah, just because it's like I was such a huge fan like last season and then they prematurely like um, left. I still call shenanigans. And I guess I just don't want that to be repeated again. I mean... That's, we'll that's fair yeah. Amanda what did you think of Astrid's return um you know it's funny because you would think that you know with all this buildup and what happened she has the most to prove and I didn't get that from her <laughs> they must have been told they must have been told you're gonna get dirty so you're gonna like- get dirty so wear like whatever shit and she was like okay I'm gonna wear this and <laughs> it's not gonna be the best look but bitch I'm not ruining my good shit yeah I mean right. that's the only thing I can think of and that's the only reason why I can forgive it um I just I don't know I yeah again soft spoon. better yeah just, 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 yeah yeah okay. Eva's glad that Astrid is getting a second chance and Melissa does not believe she is ready as her season was last year. I mean, 
Why didn't she say that about Coco? Um, just saying, just saying Alliance. Uh, we will have Yasuka come out and straight up ask if um, it's too soon. And Asher will say it's absolutely not. And Coco will chime in and say, well, considering their placement, ooh, shady bitch. Now, Astrid says she's been in the corner quietly sharpening her knives. Um, and I hear that's what Evil Mandy says on Fridays through Thursdays. <laughs> that's entire week, friends. That's the joke. Get it? <laughs> um, how many knives do you own, Amanda? Um, not as many as you'd think. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it's more from four. It's also Teratoma. Uh, she is fresh from the world tour. She says she slayed season four, but couldn't take the crown. But um, this time she's feeling prepared and ready as she is was unprepared and messy when it came to experience last season. I said, no, that's not why you were not prepared last season. It's because of the quote unquote unprofessionalism, but okay. Um, we're going to watch that meltdown. Um, and apparently that was her story and plotline last season was her melting down. I was like, that was literally a single episode. Oh, like Very a- weird. Yeah. Very weird editing here. Um, this look, love the colors. I think she's like a deconstructed teddy bear. I'm not sure. It's a little unclear. Ears, terrifying, face, gruesome. I think it's hard to expect an upgrade from Hosa because what are you upgrading from? Perfection? Uh, I just think she needs to push it to something shocking because this isn't necessarily shocking. It's expected, but no matter what, brilliant entrance. Amanda, what did you think of Hoso? Hoso can do no wrong in my eyes. Like she is she's on a league of her own and again very 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 hard competition like for a second when I was watching this I kind of forgot who was competing and Mm -hmm. I was you know I started off and I'm like team Eva and then I'm like oh shit Hoso's back (laughs) and it's like no I mean I still always team Eva forever but it's just like oh it's gonna get so much harder for Eva because Hoso's here and you know again the look she's just like everything i love her so much what did you think jane all right don't get me wrong i i love 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 hoso and i thought this look was really great but like you said a little expected and and i feel like uh, unlike astrid where i feel like astrid definitely should have come back i feel like hoso little too soon for them to come back especially they did make it all the way to top three um I would have liked Hoso to like maybe marinate a little bit and elevate if if it's possible for them to like elevate their drag a little bit more um but I mean nevertheless still very excited to see them and um can't wait to see what they're gonna bring this season but also it's like I don't know. I also kind of feel like maybe it's too soon to see you. I, I think we're we're obviously going to talk a lot about it, but I almost wonder if the Boulets were like, we know what drama can happen if we bring you back with the people we're already going to have. Can mm-hmm. you just come back and do this? Oh, I that's almost hot. wonder if that's what happened. Um, oh. Because you're right. There's no necessity to have Hoso back right now. Yeah. Um, I, I just thought it was a little not But I'm happy random. to see her. Exactly. I'm happy to see her. Well, and, and and to be devil's advocate here, then that means we shouldn't have seen anyone from season four. Period. Well, it's it's not necessarily what they'll say is it's the world tour. I don't know what the timing schedule is, but I'm assuming like the rest of the cast knew before Hoso even got back to start preparing any of the looks. That's my thought process based mm. on their discussion. But I don't know. We'll find out later on. 
Now, Hoso and oh, this look, I'll give a spook. Yeah, spook. Oh, spook. <laughs> now, Hoso and Astra give each other a huge hug. Um, Astrid's horny. And yeah, a lot of that this episode, but we're going to put a pin in on that one. Melissa is in shock with her jaw on the floor, and Coco's surprised Hoso is there so soon after the tour. I mean, I too would like to take my ass home and chill out, but that's just, there's just too much drag on television for me to do that. <laughs> Especially for you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Melissa is unaware of the tea, but she wants a full cup of it. And we're going to begin to learn that Hoso has a partner who they love and care for very much. Now, Astrid is, I, I relate to her because she sounds like me professing that Hoso is the love of their life, darling of her dreams. She also thinks it's too soon for her to be there, but um, she hopes she's prepared. And Hoso will say that, quote, we have a really great relationship and nothing can come between us. <laughs> oh boy, that's literally about to be demolished. Um, oh boy, Hoso, Hoso, Hoso. <laughs> Coming in from season two, it's a Bora and she's still a creep. She shares that her performance on season two was a mixed bag and she was the only competitor to date that was in the top and the bottom at the same time, which is fitting to her experience. When it comes to her cast, it's been up and down as she's been cast as the clown, the favorite and the villain. She says she's more confident in herself now, so she doesn't have to worry as much so she can sit back and know that she's awesome and have fun. What an interesting, fascinating human being. Um, We got the typical Abora nose. She's wearing a sash and crown to remind everyone that she won Alaska's pageant competition show. And it's weird and creepy and haphazard and fully Abora. Um... Amanda's shaking her head. We're going to put a pin on you for a second, but Jane, what did you think of Abora? It's very Abora. <laughs> I, I don't expect anything less. Um, although sure. Now she, they got money. So mm-hmm. thanks Alaska. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it was fine. I wasn't like, I wasn't also like, oh my God, Abora. Like they weren't necessarily my favorite, to be honest. That, that's, that is fair. I loved Abora. Um, Amanda, you do not. No, I do not at all like Abora. I can objectively say that their drag is great. I do respect them as a drag artist. And that's about that. Uh, not my favorite. I just... I, I've read too many things. I've heard too many things. It's just not cute. I don't really want to support someone who is not the best person, competitor, et cetera, et cetera. But that being said, again, their look was, I mean, the branding, you know, like yeah. clearly without a doubt, it's a Bora. Nobody needs to tell us. And, you know, I respect that. Yeah. I'll go to spook. Spook. Yeah. Objective spook. I love that when she walks in, she's like, y'all wanted a twist? Come on, Drag Race. I'm here for it. I was, that was funny. I was I, screaming. And I I'm like, can you do you, that? I guarantee the bullies were like, are you fucking kidding me right now? I don't know. They might have been like, yeah. <laughs> you don't know. Now, pack it up, spooky bitches. The pageant queen is here. The collective moans. I mean, they know what they're getting. Eva says that she and Abora go way back and believes that she will be a wild card they done did it that's my convinced storyline but we'll talk about that later also says hi to the mother that takes instead of gives can't wait to know about this relationship get ready bitches we're going to hear about it all episode long more than we see actual drag on this episode abora will say that she and hoso have a long history 
Hoso being a fan of Boris and Abora being secretly in love with Hoso. And I say secret, I don't think it's really a secret. No. Meanwhile, Erica is not surprised to see Abora there. They've had issues in the past, but doesn't know where they left things off. And Erica thinks they're okay. Just wait and see, my dear. Um, okay is a very loose word. Now, whether it was because Melissa was prompted to ask or because it's the first time a season two combo is in the room, she's going to ask what their relationship is, to which Abora is like, I haven't heard from her in five years. Erica says that Abora has reached out and she's always responded, to which Abora gets very patronizing in her response. What is happening here? Why is she coming in so hot and heavy? It's weird. It was very weird. It was very uncomfortable. Extraordinarily high for like, like it's not so serious, bitch. It's drag. Yeah. The room will collectively agree that it's already a visually strong cast. And Abora is like, they need one basic bitch to really round it out. Someone who screams going home first. Cue the next bitch. It's Kendra Onyx from season two and Resurrection, which no. throughout this episode, we're going to just kind of disregard Resurrection as an actual product. Um, she says since we last saw her, she feels like she's evolved and is a more realized character. She says she will not take feedback from anyone else and do what she wants to do, look the way she wants to look and how she wants to present Kendra. She says she didn't feel like part of the cast on her season and felt it was her and then everybody else. Yeah, because they're monsters and you're a generic spooky light drag queen. Racism. No. Um, listen, the look on a regular night out, it's great. Love the mint color story. I think the top is not constructed great, but oh well. Fur in that color on monster choices. Love the hair. It is actually perfect. Brilliant hair. If she's going for like the first to be killed in a slasher film, I see that. But I don't think that's what she's trying to serve. I think this was just lying on the floor of her closet. And she said, sure, this will work. And I'll prove why I'm a Titan later on. You didn't think she was like, I'm going to pay homage to like the bimbo, like, can't be horror people I, like, that's what i got but i don't know if that's what she was planning i think that's what she was planning because she, this Give is what she wears on a daily credit. basis well you know also we knew that they needed to get shit dirty so it's fine you know what i mean like that's what she wanted to wear that's, yeah. fair, that's fair that's fair <laughs> we, we we know that i'm going to be very very critical of kendra i was very yes. critical during resurrection yes you were um so we'll, we'll see. We'll see from Kendra. Uh, I'm going to give this a soft spook simply because if we are going for the homage to the, the uh, first one out in a slasher, I could see that. I just, I, I need proof that that was the, uh, the goal there. What do you, what do y'all think? Spook or boo? I mean, I, I think also so, a soft spook. Um, could it have been better? Yes, but I still think it was adorable and I, I get the reference immediately. So I was fine. Yeah, same. I mean, it, it was fine. Soft spoon. Now, there is a lot of excitement when she rounds the corner from Abora and Melissa, who clearly they're on good terms with her. And Kendra says that Melissa is family and 100% her bitch. It's her sister. Erica, though, is surprised to see Kendra as her body of work isn't as strong as some of the others. Facts are facts. But she will say that she is a strong performer, which is sweet. Erica, this entire episode, she will give us the facts and tea and then compliment. While everyone else is destroying her. Very fascinating uh, edit here for Erica. But Kendra will do the math and see that season two has the most in the room. So they must be the best. Um, Sure. They did set the bar for drama. And last, 
but certainly not least, it's Victoria Elizabeth Black or Victoria Black, as the Chiron says. Which is it? Is it which? Which one are we going with? Do we know? We uh, drop the Elizabeth. I don't know. I was confused too because that's yeah. how I know her. But then I'm like, oh no, Victoria right. Black. Like I don't know. Anyway, she's here from season two and resurrection, and she's there to annihilate annihilate the competition. Since her time, she has mastered her craft even more, which seems near impossible, but I can't wait to see that. She says she wished she opened her mouth more, but she's ready to show who Victoria really is. The competition will push her to her limit, and she will focus on being the best of the best. Um, again, this look very simple, very subdued, but like I feel like she's done better. Not sure why this was the choice for the night. Love the play of the purple velvet and that rose gold lamay. I guess the face is what's spooky because hashtag white contacts. Um, the hair is very old maiden, like it's literally gray. Jane, what did you think of Victoria's re-entrance? I thought it was great. Mm-hmm, it was a, mm-hmm. it was a hard spook. Amanda. Oh my god. Another one where she walked in and I was like, oh, Eva. Oh, <laughs> even harder. She is to me without even competing already a dragula titan do you know what i mean yes, like that's absolutely the caliber of drag her talent she's every drag monster drag things inspiration i i love her i've always aspired to look like a fraction of what she <laughs> looks like and can do all the shit oh my god i can't even i can't yeah um and i think she looked great she yeah. looked great um I think this is another one where, you know, she wanted to look great, but she knew it was going to get destroyed. So she wore that because we obviously know she's capable of insane looks. So she wasn't going right. to bust that out with the challenge coming. So I get it. I forgive her and I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. Soft spook. I know this is a hard spook regardless. Janie going that way too. Yeah. I mean, she's so talented. She should have won the first episode of her season (laughs) um but other than that yes like i am and like amanda it's really hard because it's like yes eva damn it hoso damn it yeah it was it was hard like again i i really did forget what the cast was and when that happened i was like oh no baby no (laughs) but like then i'm excited because again one of my all-time favorite drag artists is on tv but i just again the the level of competition is going to be surreal absolutely well as soon as she turns the corner there is a collective oh hell no in the room they know she's fierce and melissa jokes that she's going home can't wait till she does now, Victoria does say she's excited to see Kendra as it will be nice to see a sister from season two. And then we cut to Kendra saying that she don't like the bitch because she's the bitch in her home. Um, did Victoria not care for Abora or Erica or see them or they just chopped liver? Now, Melissa will tell Victoria to her face that she was hoping she was not going to be there. And Hoso says same. But Victoria thinks that the cast might be afraid of her, but also she's glad to be in their good graces. Now, before any alarm sounds, any message from the Boulets is heard, it's time to talk to some spec. Why? Because apparently this group of hosts has a lot of animosity and unfinished drama to deal with. Um, <laughs> Melissa's like, I'm not going to wait. Who's going to go home? Who's going to do best? Who's going to go home first? And it was really just Pandora's box of uh, true mer- uh, feelings emerging. Abora's like, cut the crap, say who's going home first. And without missing a beat, Melissa says, it's Abora. Not the choice I thought she was going to make. Do we not know something yet? 
Or is she just responding because Abora was the one who said it? I think people are just being shady. Yeah. Kendra would like to see Victoria go home first. So the amount of enthusiasm that comes out of Abora's mouth that she said that would be amazing. I mean, it would be the gag if the filler queen um, doesn't go home first, but um, no, I guess I'll wait. Abora's going home soon. Eva wonders if Hoso can pull things out as she didn't have much time to prepare. And Asher will say that she just came off the tour. And Yovska the gremlin pipes up and says, they asked Hoso, not you. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, they did, okay. though. Yeah. They, they did. did. They did. <laughs> Ash believes that Erica has had the least evolution, and she's like, I beg to differ. And Victoria's like, isn't this that the same wig? And Erica's really, really poorly um, in like, well, Astrid, you, you wore the same terrible outfit. I mean, it's not better, but like, come on, come on, girl, work on the comebacks for all of our sakes, Erica. Like, let, let, let's, let, let's let's try a little harder. But Erica will say that she wore the wig for ceremonial purposes, kind of like Ben Lacreme during All Stars. Abora is like, not because it was laying around in your closet and it was easy. And Victoria will say that she loves her, but she doesn't think she's ready to be there. Um, Erica will say she's ready to step outside of her aesthetic to share what she has to. And they're all like, well, that's calculated as usual. What is the hate toward Erica? What am I missing? What happened? Something must have happened behind the scenes that we don't know about that they're like, which is weird because you, like, I wouldn't see her as that person starting. No. You know what I mean? Just. No, but I also feel like, I feel like they were just unusually mean to Erica. Like, just. Yeah. She was like such like she was like the scapegoat of like that entire group. But I also feel like in season two, like everyone also like unusually picked on Erica. And I'm like, she's it's, just minding her own business. It's really funny because my, weird. my my theory is in this world of drag is our art is objective. They're all judging her style of drag. They don't like her aesthetic, they don't agree with her aesthetic, and that's why she's an easy punching bag. But you have to applaud Erica for what she does because what she does is true to her and she and is always different. giving it to you yeah. and she's on the show for a reason like. exactly exactly now Hosa was worried for Yovska and she's like whoa really and rather than hear the conversation that the two are going to have we are introduced to the official mean girls of the season Coco Kendra and Melissa who are going to proceed to mock Yovska Hoso tells her that she doesn't think Yoska will always fit the dragon mold. And Yoska's like, that's fair. I was like, okay, that Yoska's honest at least and 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 knows the 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 tea, but no one's looking at Kendra being like, what she doesn't fit the mold either. But I guess Kendra just has a lot more respect from the other girls. Um, but then Yoska will say it. Kendra will be like, I was out the same episode of you, and Yoska's like, Well, I'm excited to see what you bring as well. That wasn't a backhanded compliment, right? Kendra was just being a bitch to her. Everyone, again, everyone was just being insanely shady this episode. Now, Yoska yeah. says to Eva that they both were talked over on their season and ask how it will be different. And before she answers, Kendra jumps in. Okay, at least the bitch is funny. That was good. <laughs> They're very good. Eva says she's going to be more present and she's not holding back this time. And Abora says what held her back was her lack of money. And now that she's filthy fucking rich she's gonna let them all have it and by have it she's gonna remind them that she is actually a crazy person Yovska <laughs> uh, says honestly speaking they all have up their game and just like that the room turns to red as they are told to make their way to the main stage mm-hmm. no halloween ha- haunted house to go through they're all going to the main stage what a missed opportunity they should have done that though 
Well, the monsters walk onto the stage, and of course, those bitches are not going to be in there. Uh, they're like, you get us once in drag per episode, and you shall never see us out of drag. Do you think their mug is tattooed on their face? <laughs> <laughs> they just make Here's it a theory. Yeah, they just, they don't, they make it a real point to separate their, like, muggle, you know, yeah. persona from their drag personas. And I remember reading an article where they're like, they literally ask people, like, if you see us, if you do know what we look like out of drag and you see us out in public, and most of the time it's because they're um, with the hot guy whose name I totally forgot. Um, what's his name? Dotley? No. Yeah, I, 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 yeah You know what yeah, I'm talking I, I, about. I, yeah. We haven't seen him in this episode. And, nope, he's not. But, yeah, yeah. but that hot guy. Um, oh, Ezra? There we go. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So when they see them with Ezra, not, obviously not Ezra, Ezra, Israel is there. We go. Yes. That's, that's the one. Now yes. that's remember. Mm-hmm. So when you see them with Israel, obviously it's obvious it's them, and they're like, please don't approach us. Like we like. There's a very big difference when we're out in the club in drag, like Kiki, have fun, like whatever. But do not like. We are not those people. So I get it. Well, the uglies are welcomed to the underworld as they are reminded that they not only lost, but they were murdered. They've been brought back to talk about the future as they have left a huge impression of them. They are among the strongest competitors to be on the show, and they are the true titans of drag. You love. Oh my God, what a title, Dragula Titans. <laughs> um, did you know, I read an article, that there, what the reason behind why the teal is the font color? Why? Because if you inverse it, that's red. Ah. Brilliant. Yeah. That's really... So smart. And that's why the room is red, uh, uh, like teal and everything. It's because it's the inverse because it's the Titan season. Wow. Yeah, very smart. Very cool. Okay. Each week they will be all tested in the art of drag from costume conception to creation to performance, personality and perseverance. Slowly, one by one, the lowest scoring competitor will be cast back into oblivion until one drag artist remains as the ultimate titan drag. The winner will receive $100,000 grand prize, courtesy of them, as well as headline the Boulet Brothers World Tour and title of Dragula. Okay, how much money do they have? Because clearly they are, they, if it's courtesy of them, they must be loaded. Why do they have? Are they fracking? Why do they have to say that? Like courtesy of us. It's like you know. I think it's honestly a joke compared to like what Drag Race does. Okay. Yeah, it's such a like kick to Drag Race. I think though, it's like first of all, how much is Shutter paying you guys that you have enough to be like, and now we're gonna pay you this much out of (laughs) our own pocket? Because realistically, it would just make sense, you know, like oh sponsored by cash app okay sponsored by shutter like to me that makes more sense but like okay go off like you're making coin catching up to rupaul's millions billions go for you (laughs) yeah all right the stakes are higher so the rules will change here we go there will be no extermination challenges instead there will be equally terrifying fright feats that will take place at the beginning of the challenge and everyone must participate in order to advance to that week's floor show if they fail to survive or participate in the fright feat the last soul who was eliminated before you will return to the competition and take their place. Let's discuss. First off, how do we feel about the twist? What do we think? Jane? I'm a bit confused about it. Same. (laughs) Like, I don't... 
I don't really, I mean, I get it, but at the same time, like, it's like, doesn't that like cut the thrill of like the ending of like a competition show to like kind of put all of that like um, excitement in the beginning? Mm-hmm. And, and of course, we're going to we're going to talk about that twist at the end. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like, this feels weird. Amanda, um, what if someone does return? Do they have to do the Fright Feet in order to do that challenge or do they get a free pass? No, they probably have to do the Fright Feet. There's no way they're not going to do the Fright Feet. Like, I just... Well, that's that's the question. So does that mean that monster is always in drag when they do the Fright Feet in case they have to come back? Can you imagine? I mean, probably. But what else are they going to do? What I mean, we'll find out next week. What things they have to do? Like, no. Um, so, so like they if they don't do it then obviously they'll get disqualified correct and does that mean they can come back the following week if someone else doesn't do it like the mechanics of this are very messy at the moment but but i think that's intentional they want it to be messy this is very like the production level here is just so high again you swear rupaul was making this like it's just like i it's so weird to me though that what I think would be the most, you know, triggering, spooky, scary moment would be at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. And it's just like, I mean, we'll find out later in the episode, maybe not the case, but still, like, I don't know. It's just it's bizarre. May, may I share but, another theory I have? Yes. So we've all been critical of some of the recent extermination challenges and it's being yeah. like, what are these? True story, yeah maybe they're running out of ideas and they're saying, well, at least we can contain what we're doing and they're not going to have the hype that they're never going to have. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like they could do so much. And even if it's revisiting yeah. old ones, who the fuck cares? Like, Especially it's- the Titan season, you could do that. Yeah. You could definitely do that. And also I just, the way that they set it up at when they were explaining all these things, again, I'm watching and I'm listening. And at first, I honestly thought they were pulling like an all-star seven where they were like, no one's going home. And I was <laughs> right. like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then they're like, but actually, and it again, it was very confusing. Like even the way they said it, I was just like, not. Right. The mechanics so, are messy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Go so, ahead. So even if someone loses, then they could come back too. Like, I'm kind of confused. That's what that's, I, think. That's, I think. Yeah. I think that's good, potentially what happened. Absolutely. It's almost weird. like it's it's almost like the game within a game on All Stars Six, where you yeah. have like a chance yeah. to come back by living winning a lip sync. It's weird. I'm it's, telling you, I I feel like slowly watching the credits because I have a like someone from Worlds of Wonder is touching this. I, that's <laughs> that's my theory. That Michael has his theories. I have my theories, and I think. <laughs> Someone over there is like just a sprinkle, just a little sprinkle of Ruko Empire. That's possible. That's what I think. Uh, I would not be surprised. (laughs) For this week's challenge, they will be going back to one of their favorite floor shows of season three. Invite them to their spooktacular Halloween house party. They will design and create a new horrific drag look based on a classic American Halloween costume. Keyword, American. They will take a classic archetype and update it (laughs) to a terrifying new style. All right, let's find out what would you pick. Amanda, go. Oh, always vampire, always, you know, one of that that vibe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jane, what would you say besides cat lady? <laughs> um, black would, cat, oh my God, actual black cat, Jane. Yeah, um, I would be a witch. Okay, there it That's is. That's another good one. 
Now, the second part is they have to choreograph and execute a dance performance on location at their Halloween house party. More on that brilliance later. They will be broken up into groups and the winner of the Fright Feet will decide who the partners are and what role they will be at the party. So it's time for our first Fright Feet. In their version of Bobbing for Apples, there's a twist. It's in real blood in a cauldron filled with discarded meats, gristle, fish heads, eyeballs, and bones, whatever else the butcher couldn't turn into meatloaf. The titan who can get the most apples in the least amount of time will win the fright feed and the advantage of the challenge. Whoever's costumes fail to wow them will find out how a titan dies and it's a long drop down to hell, which is funny because it's a trap door. Spoiler, ha <laughs> um, ha. Also, I like as we are analyzing things, they did say whoever's costume fails to wow us so was that pre-planned um video not gonna be what actually happens maybe that's why we shouldn't pre-plan things and maybe show up because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's yeah all right well the monsters make their way back to the boudoir all the tables have been removed and now it's just a giant black tarp with 10 bloody buckets before we dive into it um how would you both do with this fright feet could you handle it jane Ooh. <laughs> um i mean if if i'm competing for a hundred sure why not i would actually hundred like, dollars no, no. <laughs> yes yes a hundred dollars get that booking um, fee <laughs> but actually i would um strategize it real well i would remove all the fucking like guts and shit and then like dive in for all the apples because because they're in the way uh-huh. Amanda. and then it's gonna be easy can you do it Oh, I have a running thread on Twitter where I look at all the Fright Feats extermination challenges. And I think to date, I would be able to do everything thrown their way. Um, This one included, I actually made a joke because I'm like, that's not a big deal. Like my dog's raw fed. Like I fucking deal with that shit all the time. I don't care. Like getting, you know what? You know what I wouldn't be able to do? if it was all cooked because that shit smells on a whole different, like whole other level. Okay. All right. So here's what I'm going to say. They take their place and it's time to bob for apples. Um, the buckets. I have to be honest. The boulets have never been inconsistent when it comes to inconsistencies. <laughs> I hate that each bucket was different and had different things in it. Like, why is it that only Erica had a pig head? Were they catered for each monster? I just really hate how the favoritism works in the show. Um, we're going to discuss it a lot this episode. Is it just for acting? Like, damn, some of the staging of this episode was cringe, but why was it so fucking uneven in each bucket? Um, is she not? Someone's vegan in this cat. I can't remember. There's a couple of vegans, and I think they might have gotten something even scarier in their thing. So, do you, so were they catered for each person? Because it wasn't explicitly said. But right. like there, there were some that were easy to navigate. I mean, again, if you're talking about a strategy of getting rid of everything, a fucking pig head is very big and probably not easy to pull out with your teeth. Yeah. This I... is my problem with the show. And there's going to be another moment we're going to have a major issue and talk about. But I, I, was, I was unhappy with this. You looked at it as like favoritism. I just kind of looked at it as like, um, let's just showcase like, crazy like shit that we could put in each bucket well my then my theory or my feeling is fine then make it a pull out of the hat and that's who that's the bucket you get we didn't see that it didn't there there 
the way they walked in is they walked in in a line split across the room and the person who came in last was in the middle was who planned that why did it happen like that that's i'm just talking about favoritism because when you when we get to the next part it will affect literally the entire trajectory of the episode to your point i do think that must have happened behind the scenes where it's like okay guys like this is random look at the irish kind of vibe and just you get what you get you know yeah uh because i i really can't fathom that they were like all right well eric is getting the pig head but <laughs> yeah. you know, andrew's getting like just a liver like it just doesn't <laughs> i don't i don't think so i really like that i mean that would be really fucked up i i don't yeah. think so. now abora saying that the grossest part of the challenge of the apples was so dumb she's just a silly goose um as i mentioned maybe they were told they were going to get messy but um their looks got destroyed i mean kendra was like "Uh uh-uh i'm tossing my wig off i'm not getting blood on that thing that was smart Mm -hmm. yeah that was really smart this really was just a two minute long segment of gagging by the contestants and probably a lot of the audience at home (laughs) and in the end we're gonna have a bit of confusion as melissa and astrid will say they got them all and they're gonna leave the room believing astrid won the boudoir gets reset. The queens are now all wigless and whipping their blood, wiping the blood off their face. And the monsters will congratulate Astra because I guess that's, that's what they were told to do. Melissa is like, I got all eight apples. I sure the fuck did. And Hoso's like, well, roll the tapes. And Astra says, well, if you roll the tapes and Melissa won, it's hers. It's fine. Well, the cameras are still rolling. Astra's in charge of the rolls, right? So we're going to keep on proceeding. The first roll is the host character who will have the most screen time and be in the scenes. Every other role will be on a team. Two people will be watching TV. Two people will be using a Ouija board. Three people will be dancing in the living room. And two people will be carving pumpkins. Now, Erica believes that dancing will be allowing for more physicality. So she's going to ask for that. Um, Victoria is like, I, that's my second choice. So I'll do that one. I was like, well, what was your first choice? Um, weird editing. Now, Kendra, who apparently is deaf, will say, if it's three of the living rooms, me, Melissa, and Coco, and Erica's like, well, hey, I just called it. Coco's like, fine, I'll just watch TV. I'll take one for the team. But Melissa will ask Erica if she knows how to dance, to which Erica's like, I've performed in New York City, and I've twirled and swirled. I can't (laughs) wait for all the memes. I cannot wait. To be fair, New York is the standard of drag, so back off, haters. I just love this basically i'm from new york moment from erica <laughs> you know the rest of the country is going to hate it but us new yorkers we appreciate it we know oh for sure everybody's got a step new york's the best yeah it is also melissa with what's to come do not ask if anyone can dance because girl what were you doing now Astrid is like, I hope everyone is relatively happy with their roles and someone from production walks in and hands her a note. Oh, okay, I see what's about to happen. The note says that Melissa did in fact call it first and she's the winner. So here is my problem. If there was any question of who finished first, how dare they let them off ice and back into the room to film? I do not care about tight filming schedule. This is legit supposed to be a reality competition show. These things do matter. And they will, as we will see, affect the outcome of the entire episode. I'm just bewildered and continue to call into question the legitimacy of what we're shown. Was this all a gimmick for drama? The reality television connoisseur inside of me is furious. They would never let that happen on Survivor. Big Brother has literally paused live shows to check the tapes. 
this felt unauthentic. And I felt like this was one of the moments where the show was staged. What did you think of this moment where they basically cast the show and then said, wait, no, do it over. Um, yes. Like I do, I do agree with you that like something should have been discussed before they like entered the boudoir again. Um, yeah. And I just, and also they showed the PA like, <laughs> that was so sloppy. <laughs> but kind of like funny too, if it's supposed to be kind of like tongue in cheeky. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just, it did not sit well with me. Amanda, where do you lie on this? Oh, like it totally made me wonder what kind of organization they're running over there. Like what, what is going on over there? Yeah. Uh, because that's not, I mean, we all know that that's not how television works. Right. You know, they, they no, like why, it almost was so unprofessional actually. Like it's not, I don't know, I, I'm not watching, you know, you know who I'd expect that shit from? from like Camp Wanakiki or, you know, and that's no shade, but you know what I mean? Like it's, they're produced and it's on YouTube and, you know, like they're doing their own thing. This is on Shutter, bitch. Like, no. Well, I mean, honestly, like the legality of this, if I were a Bora, I would say like, can we go back and, and really like understand what happened here? Um, because it, it did affect every single decision moving forward. Oh, of course. Yeah. So now that Melissa's in charge, everything's going to change and the lines of alliances are officially about to be drawn. Without hesitation, Melissa forces Erica to watch TV and you're going to see Kendra and Coco laugh. Um, very mean. Yavska is the gremlin of confessionals and says, uh, rest in peace, Erica's dance career. <laughs> Melissa, Coco, Kendra, they're going to be in the dancing in the living room. Um, Astrid will be the host. Also, um, should we all just call her ostrich now? <laughs> Um, I guess it's better than Astrid. <laughs> Melissa loves to stir the pot as she is a chismoso. The Ouija board goes to host Soniva. That's fair, even. Um, Eve is a great performer. Hoso feels safe. Melissa's going to give Erica Abora as her partner to watch TV. And Erica's not surprised, um, but Abora is pissed off. And again, everything was fine and dandy and, and fair with Astrid. And Melissa's like, ha ha, I'm going to create great drama. And finally, Yoska and Vicky will do the pumpkin as we see they are going to be dressed as pumpkins. Coincidence? Pumpkin cannibalism? We're going to discuss that soon. Now, Kendra says she's glad she's not working with Victoria or Abora because last time they worked together, she went home. How sad. That, again, it's, like almost, it's almost like they picked these people on this show for reasons. <laughs> Kendra thinks Victoria will do well visually, but she has no idea about performance. And Erica will be the diplomatic one and say that they can parse out their individual grievances, but they've been all waiting a long time to come back. For Yavska, it's been since she left the season because people have pegged them as a top three. And Kendra's like, yeah, top three to go home. And Yavska's like, well, no, people pegged me before the season came out because of my awesome looks and your dress is basic. She's not wrong, right? <laughs> now, Kendra... She will tell Yoska that she looks like the moon in a toilet and then says it's Teletubbies on the toilet bowl. Um, I'm going to need to sit on that bowl for a second. What did you think of that read? Amanda? Oh, I thought it was really funny. I, I, I guess I didn't see it coming because it's no, Dracula. Like, it's just... <laughs> but you know what? Like, here's 
one more time. I, I'm getting like a drag race flashback, you know. Teleport Tele- me to Mars, Teletubby. That's right. I don't know. This is sus. It's very, it's very, it's very tongue in cheek, and I'm kind of living for it. Mm. Um, did you get Teletubby out of it, Jane? Um, I got like Stay Puff, a deconstructed Stay Puff marshmallow. Mary Cherry. <laughs> Oh my god. I'm dead. Fair. Um, Yasuka says there's nothing to point out on Kendra. And the sucky part here is Kendra can fight, Yasuka cannot. Um, and that's why this battle was gonna be Kendra for the win, even though she was wrong. But Yasuka will throw out her follower count, and Kendra's like, but we went out at the same time, which means nothing. But flush that to it. This conversation's done. But at least Yasuka is in good spirits as she says that toilets are filth. So she is giving Dracula. Um, I can't wait for the toilet challenge next season where everyone is going to be serving a look inside of a porta potty. Ew. That's an extermination challenge. That's that. Now that is an extra. Oh, yeah. See, that's that's another one. That's a hard one. Ooh. Now, Bora is not excited to work with Erica, who is uh, spinning the positive out of the situation, saying it doesn't matter if they're standing or sitting. It's about the song and the giving how they can camp it up, which she knows how to do. Astrid will say that maybe they should have put her and Hoso on the couch, to which Abora is like, can we keep it professional? And I think that was the moment that Abora started to check out of this game. The groups break up to talk about what they're going to do and do choreo, but really this is just a gap fest. And again, this had to be a stage setup. These are professionals. They are not going to spend all this time catching up and spilling tea. They've done that in the real world. Like this is just here to set up all the plot lines. Yep. There's no, yeah. I mean, like these people talk regularly. (laughs) Um, Kendra, Coco, and Melissa are plotting, and Eva is like, um, I won't be the one to say it, but they're forming an alliance. Cut to seven minutes later, according to the bottom, where Eva asks Hoso how things with her and Astrid are. She reveals that they have never hit it. Other things have happened within the seven minutes, including Astrid moved to New York City. Victoria and Yovska are going to do the doo-wop dance. Eva says no one has any excuse not to know their words, and if they trip up, it'll be sad. And Eric and Abora are literally sitting in silence. Do you think they were doing that for seven minutes, or was again this setup? No, that was just a clip of like maybe uh, one minute out of the seven minutes. You know what I mean? I don't think. Yeah. Just the way it was edited, it was like, okay, this is very campy. They're, the Willays are really leaning into the camp world this season. I'm here for it. Now, when the two of them do start talking, Abora will say that she's been harboring resentment toward Erica for a very long time and just straight up asks Erica if she will change. Savage. Would you ever say that to someone that you didn't care for? <laughs> it's change. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds cool, right? Like I, it, like, who wouldn't want to do that? But I, like, I'm that's fairly not, certain. That's not cute. Like, no, you don't do that. No, I'm fairly certain in the real world, you get punched in the face. <laughs> right. Like, you don't just don't fuck with that person anymore. Like, that's right. it. Now, Erica says that when they first met, that she felt an attraction. She will ask if the attraction is still there, and as she's literally saying it is for her, Abora's like, no. What a way to let someone down. At least she wasn't ghosted. Oh. Listen, I I can see it. I get Erica has a type. Clearly goes for skinny blonde twinks. (laughs) Um, All right. Uh, Now, apparently, it's time to go home for the night because they have to throw a party tomorrow. 
they say it's the next day, but I honestly just think they got changed and came right back in. I think this is all still the same day. <laughs> Probably. Um, anyway, they're going to bring their looks in as they have to design the shit and um, rehearse because they didn't know that before. They all piss poorly joke about when they were supposed to be rehearsing during their gossip session, but Victoria's ready. And to be fair, she and Yasuka were the only two to actually say words that uh, lean into the world of dance. Uh, so they may have actually been rehearsing a little bit. Now, Eva wants to see them dance. They're not going to show anything. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Rather than breaking up into the groups, they're going to remain at the table to continue their gossip. Eva wants to know who the trade of the season is. And I'm just going to, I'm going to give my hot take here. Are you ready? Yes. None of them. They're not my type. No, no trade. <laughs> I knew it. There's also a discussion of tattoos, and I thought this was utterly fascinating. Victoria and Kendra still have theirs from the show. Um, as we discussed on the preview podcast, Hoso does have a tattoo that Abora drew on her arm, as well as a portrait of Hoso that Abora drew. The first tattoo she ever gave her was the heart on Abora, and Coco says that's gay as hell. <laughs> I mean, it is, though. It really. <laughs> have you ever gotten coordinated tattoos with anybody? Oh, to imagine you honestly yes i could have <laughs> no not at all listen i could have seen you and a certain someone get uh, matching wednesday um tattoos no never <laughs> um would you ever tattoo someone that you don't love jane on no. your body never <laughs> no that shit is forever they won't be well, speaking of, Yasuka still has a tattoo of a boar on her ass, and I just wish she showed the room, because that would have been an amount of respect that she would have won from that entire group if she just, like, showed them her ass. Absolutely. What a missed opportunity. I know. <laughs> well, Erica, who, reminder, still likes Abora, wants to clarify on the love triangle between, between Hoso, who has a partner, Astrid and Abora. Now, Astrid says that she is single. Hosu is not single. They live in different countries. They are super busy. But Astrid is like me. She is ready for an opportunity in which she gets to express her love to the person. Um, she's not down on her knee for Hosu, but it's not practical. Now, Abora will say that she doesn't know if Hosu wants to do this or not. And I was like, oh my God, I figured out the twist. Abora is the partner. No, 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 no. It's just Abora confessing that she has a deep admiration talent admiration for her talent and her face and her mind and her body but she gets no inclinations that she feels the same way about her she has allegedly taken her on many romantic trips and endeavors and she was just staring on her phone that's a massive accusation right there but also what do you think these romantic trips were i was dying first of all because I never in a million years would have imagined this from this cast, all this messiness, all this like drama, love affair, like what? That's why I think this cast was picked the way it was. Like what? Who would have thought? And then you're like fucking romantic trips. (laughs) (laughs) Like I was like, wait, how much did she win from that Alaska contest? Like I was like, you didn't win that much. Like $10,000, $10,000. Like, what? That's, like, that's what is happening. It was just so weird. This, like, this shit was scared than drag race. I'm, but how, how would producers know all of that tea? You know what I mean? Because they all, okay. The Dragula, the, the thing that separates, one of the many things that separ- separates Dragula and drag race is that they all perform, see each other regularly. They're all part of like, they're all friends. The boulets are constantly hanging out with these people and like constantly booking them. And like, they're all partying together, having fun, getting fucked up. 
And that's, they're all friends. Mm. They all know each other's shit. They all get messy in front of each other. I think what's really funny is like, if we, we've been comparing this to drag race in the sense of like, look, all these nods, yeah. this is almost like a ha ha. You can never get a romantic relationship on the show. We did. Of course that would never happen. Like unless they literally, well, well, you'll talk even on that. an all-star season. We really <laughs> haven't had that kind of uh, drama yet. Um, no. But Hoso reminds everyone that she remembers a little differently. And Yoska will tell us that if she were on a date with Abora, she'd be on her phone too. What a fucking gremlin. <laughs> that was great though i thought that was funny i that was a great great little nugget i love Mm -hmm. it now let's also be reminded that hoso has said to the room and to us that she has a partner why is this all happening if i were the partner watching i'd be like hey first off block those bitches now um this must have been so uncomfortable to watch back no No, if you were the partner or with that partner still, you must have had the biggest conversation before getting onto that show and saying, I will do anything for a hundred thousand dollars. They're probably polyamorous and it just everything goes. That's what I that's what I think. And like I can't blame them. Hoso's hot. Like I, you know, (laughs) it's like add me to the list. You know what I mean? Like I just hey, call ask her, maybe she will. Listen, you never know. Now, Astrid does not like the idea of Abora and Hosa going on a date, only because Abora tends to treat her like shit because she's jealous, which we haven't, we don't really see until the very end. Um, Eva will say it stinks of a mess already, and she hasn't even entered the chat yet, Mrs. Destruction. Um, <laughs> get ready. Hoso says that she has told Abora that she is her idol, and Abora's like, that doesn't mean anything, and you don't have romantic feelings for me. Um, I, I'm just going to ask it. Is this Dragula or love is deaf, dumb, and blind? <laughs> It was interesting that they spent such a long time on this little, you know. And it's not over. Coco will say that the bitch has a whole tattoo of her and we're back to Abora not getting DMs. He thinks that Abora does not know how to use her DMs because this is now the second person accusing her of not responding to DMs or having issues with DMs. Mm -hmm. Um, DMing is hard. Sometimes you end up going into the wrong box. Mm. Not that I know. No one slides into my DMs. <laughs> Bora wants to talk about it privately as this is not an appropriate place to handle one of the most important relationships in her life. She doesn't think anything can come of the complicated situation and feels Hoso's general demeanor leads to her thinking that maybe she may not be interested. Um, there are two sides of Abora. She's either in character or she's emotionally vulnerable. And it's the latter that is harder to comprehend simply because... The other side of her is just so wild that you never know when she's serious. So it was hard for me to connect with her in these moments where I've been through heartbreak before. I've been in a room with someone who I really care for, who is with another person. I just couldn't believe this was genuine from her. Am I the only one who felt this? Oh, I agree. No, I, I agree. But also like to be like empathetic here, like we've, we've all been in a Boris situation mm-hmm. which is like not fun and this whole that whole like story or scene or whatever like made me feel really uncomfortable because I feel like there's a lot to unload yeah. and being on our reality show is not it's definitely not going to showcase in like the greatest light on either side and yeah it, it kind of made me feel bad for them but also at the same time since like 
their television persona like wasn't my favorite it's kind yeah. of like at the end of the day they are human you know what right. I mean? I mean for example abora saying that she can't stand be without her and she cannot stand to be near her like that seems that, like a joke but it's not i don't think it's not but it's also kind of like weird and scary too <laughs> yeah it very was, much so right wasn't it weird and like creepy i was just like but again i'm also coming from a perspective where i didn't know this was a thing I'm hearing it for the first time. And my entire just reaction wasn't so much like, is it believable? Is it staged? Is it not? I was just like, what the fuck? Like that right. was it's very the much, entire time. It's very much like Drag Race Philippines where there's so much off-screen drama prior to the show. They're like, wait, you have to catch me up, but you're giving me things that are important, but we're leaving out a lot. So what's going on? But even like, I think, you know, a, a lot of the other contestants were like, what? Like, when was this a thing? When did this right. happen? We didn't know. Wait, what? And I was there with them. I just like, again, I'm not that I'm following these people's personal lives that way, but I just, it was very strange to hear it. And then they're like, oh, but let's not talk about this here. And I'm like, but right. bitch, you've been talking, <laughs> you did. Been talking about it. Like if you didn't want it, then nobody would have mentioned a damn thing. And you would have just been like, you know, he, I'm a Bora, I'm a monster, you know, like, but yeah. she had to get all soft and weird. I, yeah, <laughs> I don't I mean, know. It's like the takeaway is like a Bora. Sorry that Hoso doesn't reciprocate like the same feelings as you do, but also it's kind of like, but Hoso, what are you doing to a Bora that is making them feel like they might have like, <laughs> oh, oh, no, just well. wait. Oh, Kendra oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> thinks their relationship is weird. doesn't make sense to her. I mean, Bora loves Hosa, but Hosa doesn't love Bora, but Hosa loves Astrid, fucked up triangle. And Hoso does, as you said, feel bad about not reciprocating the feelings toward Bora. But I just love that two fucking seasons that Hoso is on, she is being bogged down by two Americans and their lust for her. It's crazy. Yeah. that's her plot line yeah <laughs> which is kind of sad actually because it deters from like the drag her talent yeah. yeah you're not seeing no. her as you know like oh my god this is this amazing drag artist it's like well again hey, was were you brought on for drama you can't blame it on the edit it's oh. all real now as far as the challenge the ouija board girls have a shimmy shimmy gitchy gitchy choreo going on uh eva feels like they have it in the back Yovska wants to brag about how her and Victoria are going to eat pumpkins as pumpkins. Cannibalism confirmed. Mm. <laughs> Abora has the most challenging role watching TV, but poses the question if the most difficult role is hosting, since it's played by someone so amateur about hosting parties. First off, we'll get to it, but there's nothing hosting about Astra's role. She's just there through a line. Yeah. So stupid. It was yeah. Now, Ashley will ask her what about her is amateur and she can throw shade toward her, but wants to see what her, her host a drag show for four years. And Bora throws back that she wants to see her pull her pants down. Girl, this is Dragula and a room of homosexuals. Of course, Astrid's going to do it. <laughs> um, but also Coco, very good TV when she asks for disinfectant for the table. Kendra will reveal that her team will be going with 60s vibe of the song and will be Supreme Nightmare Girls. Um, punch you in the throat with the choreography. Boom, boom, yeah. See, there's a drag. That's the kind of drag that Kendra does. <laughs> Erica will say that now thinking about the TV part, she thinks it'll be great. And Melissa will confront her and say the reason she gave her the part was when she asked if she was going to turn it out, she gave her attitude. She says, if you be a smart ass, she'll give it right back. 
not a great look for Melissa this episode. I'm not gonna lie. I don't like it. She's getting a little bit of a Azamalita edit. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that because they're both Latin. Although I could say that because I'm Latina. So I could, if anyone could say it, I guess it's me, but I'm just it, saying. It is true. Um, they all finally do get to work as Zabora will do that acapella version of that segue music into the working s- stations. Um, but the way she was doing it, it sounded like America from West Side Story. <laughs> Go back, listen, you'll hear it. Um, we're going to get to see some of the sketches and the looks. And usually I love this segment, but we were literally 45 minutes into a 90 minute episode. The fatigue was real. I was like, get to the drag already. Yep. Uh, let me see in full realization, but let's, let's go through some of the fun parts and learn what they did. Victoria is giving black and white, uh, black and white, black and orange Halloween pinstriping. She has also sculpted a full pumpkin head on the mold of her own head as she cast it in latex and foam. The seeds are real and she did cobwebbing and latex to paint it and give it a slimy wet look. Um, I was gooped by what we're going to see, but I think this was so cool to just see how she created this thing. Yeah, um, her, I mean, clearly her artistry is like impeccable. Yeah. Um, And I even thought like, I thought even the way she like striped her boots were really like awesome too. Yeah. Coco has pulled inspiration from her favorite character, the mummy. She is using white four-way stretch vinyl for the bandage effect. And she says, it's not hard to sew, but a pain in the ass if you don't know what you're doing. She shares how colors work as if the white vinyl touches the red vinyl. Now you have pink. Yay, kindergarten. Um, <laughs> she has learned this the hard way, but we will watch her sew and actually fuck up which was hilarious because of the way she handled it. This is what I like to see from these shows. Give us, give us moments where you're setting, it as, setting us up for this, but also show it being raw and real and authentic. She fucked up. It's real. I like that. Mm-hmm. Astrid is going vintage creature from the Black Lagoon Sea Monster. She's using foam armor pieces. She has sculpted and airbrushed, adding rhinestones and striping and stippling. Her favorite part is the headpiece, and it is glamorous in fashion. Um, she loves foam. She loves armor. She does it on everything. She should get like a um, sponsorship from foam. Oh, <laughs> sure. Eva Foam's gonna go ahead and send her so much shit. <laughs> she will share that she is so excited to be by herself in a team challenge as she reminds us why Sigourney controlled her. That was still such a weird conversation. Uh, I feel like it was such a cheap dig too. Yeah. yeah. But hey, we got to see Sigourney. Yeah, that was that was the only nice part about that. But so far in the episode, not a lot of love to the AFAB contestant. No, no, must no. say, no bueno. Now, with Abora, she says the most admirable thing her stepfather did was give her the Unexplained Mysteries books, which inspired her with the cryptids and creatures. She is incorporating a spooky silhouette of the dark mask and using reflective vinyls to ping pong balls for her eyes. Um, a very cool demo, again, to put the vinyl on a curved surface. This is what I want to see from Dragula. Give us actual factual tutorials. Could you imagine? Oh, I would appreciate that so much. I mean, even seeing what Victoria did for like that hot second, I'm just like, wow, like I didn't know you could do that, you know? And like, that's so cool to open up all these possibilities. Absolutely. Now, Abora says her costume is meta as what you see is what you get, but you don't know now that you're going to get it till you do. So yeah, she is absolutely nothing. (laughs) 
we're going to see a little bit of choreo happen in the room. Coco thinks her team is going to do great. Um, as Eva and Hosa, though, are working, it's time to pause real quick because Eva has something to say because she was told to probably do it in this moment. She will say that she is most surprised um, than she thought she was to see Abora there as they had a few months talk a few months ago as a board didn't know where she's so dragula eva will acknowledge that minds can change but feels the energy is weird she is not sure who the abora she is competing with is and doesn't want her to be playing a game with her as she's in this environment hosa will say that she trusts her that she will handle the relationship in the room but eva needs to know where her head is obviously this is going to be a little bit of a setup um because of their relationship but what do you think this dynamic between Eva and Abora really is? It seems to me like they're they're friends on like obviously outside of the show and on a personal level. Um, but I feel like there was no there was like no backstory in terms of like describing what that friendship is or right. yeah. According to the Dragula wiki. <laughs> Technically, Eva is Abora's track mom. Oh. Say those words, friends. Um, <laughs> that I didn't know. Yeah. Have they done it before? Probably. I'm sure that all drag families have done each other. Um, but there's a dynamic there that we have not heard. We've clearly heard about legacies on the show before. So there's, it's not a secret that you have to keep it secret. Um, but we don't hear those words. And that's a big factor of why their relationship is huge. They are on good terms. They are friends and they are family. Of course, Eva feels a certain way. If your, your daughter says, I'm not going to do this. You almost wonder um, if she was saying that because she didn't want her to compete either or she wanted to keep her in the dark. I don't know. Very weird. Mm-hmm. Now the monsters head out of the room because I don't know why. They're literally about to walk back into the fucking room. Um, <laughs> I guess it was rehearsal pause because today the floor show, y'all. Um, is Victoria nervous? Nope. But Kendra will remind her that she was in the bottom two last performance challenge. So like I said, we are just completely neglecting resurrection. Wasn't that all performance challenges? Yeah. I don't know why anybody, like, I was like, did you not, I don't know. Like, <laughs> did they not watch what we watched? I don't know. It was, it was I know crazy. they filmed it individually, but like, come right. on, y'all well, like, watched then it. You ended up watching it. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. The disrespect. Mm-hmm. Victoria's going to call out Kendra for not showing up to rehearsal as the room just screams out performance challenges a bunch of times because I guess that's the buzzword. Um, get a dollar every time you say performance challenge. Yavska mm. says that the time Victoria had, well, this time Victoria has a good teammate and those be fighting words mean girls because Coco was like, what episode did you go home? And clearly Yavska had time to Google search the night before to realize the same one as her. Mm. <laughs> and Kendra's like, you didn't make it to performance challenge. Now, to be fair to Yavska, it's not her fault how the Boulay brothers set up their season. She didn't have a performance challenge by episode three. That's not her fault. Mm-hmm. Now, Ash reminds the class that she fucks up on a performance challenge as she fucks up the words, which is me on every single episode of this podcast. I'm not easy. Her words are hard. <laughs> That's okay. Eve reminds the class, though, that she won both of her performance challenges and her and Hosa will be great. But Abora's not jealous. She's with her perfect teammate. They're in sync. What a rude bitch. So rude. Now, Coco says when it comes to team challenges, it helps to not hate the person you're working with, to which Abora disagrees. She thinks it's going to be great chemistry. But Astra believes that Abora and Erica will crash and burn as Abora is in her own world doing her own thing, and Erica will be clinging on for dear life. Now, 
Remember way back in the early part of this episode where we're talking about alliance? Well, Melissa B. Fierce is back with the drama. She wants to have a stronger alliance and convinces Kendra to go fix her relationship with Victoria. Power in numbers. Do you think Melissa is a Survivor fan? She's got to be. She is playing it like Monet Exchange with this power of numbers, and I am living for it. It's smart. It is. It is. But the question mark I have, did they know before they actually knew? See, that's what I was like kind of confused because even before the twists and stuff, like, like, why is she so like gun ho? Like, oh, I got to create this alliance, alliance. And I'm like, who cares? I mean, oh. t- you, we could say, well, form an alliance so you get the parts that you want. That's a, that's a strategy. Um, but like, again, All Star Sevens, every single one of those contestants knew they were not being eliminated. They were there the entire run. I'm curious to know if they knew there was going to be a format change where voting would be a part of it. Who knows? Who knows? Kendra says the anger is mostly on her side as she felt a certain way about Victoria, but she's going to go with chat. Kendra knows that Melissa loves Victoria. Melissa likes her. Um, I love that little moment. That was very, very funny. But Kendra's going to meekly walk over to her, and this was a cute moment. She says that she feels there's an elephant in the room and asks if she feels that way. And Victoria's like, I don't. Everything's peachy key. But Kendra feels Victoria played her, and Victoria had no idea she had those feelings, as she thought they hashed it out. And we're going to watch that last supper battle between the two, where Victoria tells her to not lose her wig, while Kendra says to not bust out the seams. Uh, come on, hat, fat shaming. Kendra feels like Victoria's um, dug her, drug her name in the mud, and that all her little fans will hate her again. Um, do we have eyes on that? Do we know how the Victoria fans are treating Kendra at the moment? I, like... We're like, I'm finding out a lot of things that I didn't know were things. Yes, me episode, too. Right? Like, yeah. oh, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, uh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean, I just feel like this whole interaction was so like, well, one staged and it was so uncomfortable because Kendra's like, oh, I've been holding this animosity for like several years. Yeah. And also I'm kind of like, really? Like. Like a few years ago, you like burned half your face. Like you had like bigger fish to fry, and you're holding <laughs> yeah, right. on to this like little teeny like situation that happened like on the show. Like, come on! <laughs> but in the end, they go to bury the hatchet, even though Kendra's hatred for her was for years, and Victoria had animosity. Where's her hard girl? It's animosity. <laughs> No more hard feelings. Victoria's eyes are fully open. Kendra got her apology. And we're going to see if this alliance is a new thing or just a new understanding. Eva will address Abora that she was surprised she was there. And Abora will make a joke out of it, as usual, which makes Kendra want to smack the shit out of her. Eva is not mad, but she sees Abora. There are feelings being felt. Now, according to the preview pod, technically, as we mentioned before, Eva is Abora's drag mother. Now, when Kendra says y'all screwing too, Abora makes a face, which is why I think something happened. Mm. I really do. And that's why it's like a what? Love polygon? What the fuck is happening here? (laughs) (laughs) Too much. It's like, I want to know who else has had a thing for each other. Like who, I mean, Manette and I was going to say, who does Yasuko want? But if if Yasuko was like asexual, I would actually believe it. Mm Yeah, I'm sure. Um, that gremlin <laughs> having sex is not the image I want in my mind. 
<laughs> Melissa has no idea what is happening with Eva and Abora, and that's because they're not part of her alliance. Take a drink every time Melissa says alliance next episode. <laughs> oh, God. Erica believes the two have such a history that Abora leans on Eva for support, and Erica is just trying to stay out of it. Eva just wants to know if they're on the same page, and Yoska is now going to give credit to Kendra for the toilet bowl read. See, they are friendly. Sometimes it's just for the camera. But as the music swells, we get the paint montage, which is the sign we get the return of the alarm calling them for the monsters to head to the main stage. Why do they still have that? (laughs) There's literally nothing on Victoria's face. (laughs) I don't get why they still have that when it's like the next scene, they're in full drag. They're okay. I mean, Astrid was so over the top this time. It's like, oh, they're in on it. They know how stupid this is. Amanda, what would your reaction be if they are like, okay, alarm sound, go. This is, think, this is the reaction. You just continue on. You wouldn't I, do anything. Yeah, like literally it's just, it's so we, every fucking season, I swear to God. And it's like, cause you know, it's not like immediately, like right now, right now, right now. So like, fuck it, who cares? I keep going. I don't care. <laughs> All right, we're going to head to the main stage and see the Boulay brothers feeling themselves in their promo looks that the collars were made by Drag Race Italia's Joffrey. A small drag world. Everything's coming together, Drag Race. Mm-hmm. Um, did this bit run on for too long? Yes, but I suppose they do have a quota of how long of a percentage they must appear in every episode. Um, it's their show, but nothing else matters. As a reminder, they have to take classic Halloween costumes and update and reconceptualize their traditional looks. They will then go to a Halloween house party where partners were assigned to them against their will. Uh, literally, because, you know, people change. This week, helping the Boulay's judge are the mistress of the darkness herself, Cassandra Peterson, a.k.a. Elvira, and director of the upcoming Haunted Mansion film, Justin Simeon. Who did his eyes? Jeffrey Boyer Chapman? (laughs) You're so shady. Oh, my God. I thought it was fun. No, it was fine. Stop it. Why would you compare the two? Because it, no, no, no. This guy no. is likable compared to. Oh, we love him. Also, who's excited for the Haunted Mansion movie? That was yeah. We Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. She says it's really good. She okay. promised it's really good. Work. She also promised the same thing about um, Halloween ends, and that was mediocre. Um. So here's how we're gonna do things, friends. We are going to talk about the performances in a singular segment, keeping the critiques on the looks until after we share our thoughts on the performance. And what the judges are going to say, we'll lump it in there. So are we ready to talk about the Halloween house party? Yes. First off, the production design was incredible. It was 60s and 70s fall fantasy. The colors were warm. The wood tones in the house were so reminiscent of the interior design of the time. This was a knockout. I will give credit where credit is due. This was so brilliant. I don't know where they filmed this, but um, the art direction, A+. Plus. So I agreed, yeah. <laughs> like, I felt it. I knew where I was. It, it was so well done. Um, Astrid will put on a record, and we have a super fun retro track called I Was a Teenage Monster. Um, I've never heard of this song before, but I'm going to jam out to it. It was fun. <laughs> Amanda, you're not going to dance to it. With <laughs> no, I was, I, you know, it happened last season where uh, I, I expected something very different for a couple of the challenges. And then I'm like, no, this is who the Boulets are. It, you know, there's that like 
very retro aspect to them. Yeah. And yes, it's cute and it's camp, but it's not me or I didn't expect it at the time. So like it threw me off. That's fair. Um, That's fair. And I really, really like, I don't know. I just, I didn't expect that song and I didn't expect, I just didn't expect it, the vibe. Now we're not going to talk about the looks right now, but I do want to talk about the introductions that we got. Very, very classic, very fun. We have Melissa as the vampire, also <laughs> as the pirate, Yavska as Pumpkinhead, Erica as the bat, Eva as the devil, Coco as the mummy, Victoria as Pumpkinhead too, Kendra as Frankenstein, Astrid as the creature, and Abora as question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> the shadiness the production just threw on her. Uh, what a slay. Fucking love. Iconic. So good. Did they do that on purpose, or is that what they told that she told them to do? Either way, it was really fucking good. So yeah, good. I thought it was hilarious. Um, I did like this these little solo moments they had. My favorites were Coco doing a line of coke in the bathroom, Victoria baking a pumpkin pie, and uh, Kendra with the electrocution in the toaster, and then going straight into that supermodel pose. That was funny. That was camp. I really enjoyed that. That was great. They all sold this challenge. It was a bit haphazard. Um, did they all work in pairs? Sure. Was this just a big old mu- music video where they're all together most of the time? Yeah. This challenge had nothing to do with what the Boulet said the challenge was. <laughs> yeah. You see what I mean? Like, again, they set us up for something completely different. And I just, when I sat down and finally watched it, I was just like, what the fuck is this? Like, yeah. I. But again, it all makes sense in hindsight, but I mm-hmm. just, in the moment, again, it's not, it's not, it was not it. No. Now, Yovska, Victoria, and the Pumpkins, they did not dance. They moved. Movement is choreography, so I guess that works. Yeah. Um, but the dancers in the living room, wow, they were not in sync. Like, Coco was in a whole different group. Melissa was serviceable. And Kendra was just like right in the middle of them. Like, they were not prepared. And again, we joke about, um, they were gabbing before, Maybe they did have rehearsal time that they really didn't do. I I don't know what happened there because it's not like they were doing anything that complicated. No, I could do that. That was the funny part is that they were like, we're going to dance. And, you know, like when you talk about dragon dancing, like, <laughs> you know what that means. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, absolutely. I just like, again, like you said, like I could do that. Like, I, and I would never say I dance. Do you know what I mean? It's just. Yeah. What was like? No, no. <laughs> Eva, great performer. Victoria, very good performer. But Victoria didn't need the dance moves to be a good performer. She sold it with her look and what she could do with her look. So very, very smart for this challenge. Um, Astrid had a brilliant opportunity to shine and she took the campiness of the track and ran with it. She surprised me in all the best ways. Did we love the goop reveal from Victoria? live living yeah how do we get brains like victoria (laughs) like literally and of course we're gonna get a little devilish remix at the end where the lights turn to blood red and there's filth and horror coming out um but overall i thought this was a really wonderful debut for the season a great challenge um and the boulet said we got coin which room would you want to be in Hmm. I Jane, would I would want to be either in the pumpkin or the Ouija room. Do you like pumpkin pie? Love pumpkin pie. <laughs> Do you like pu- all pumpkin things? 
Um, Are you a PSL girl? <laughs> What's a PSL? Pumpkin so spice answer, latte. Oh, oh. The answer is no. If you don't know what that is, the answer is clearly. No. Yeah, I mean, I don't walk around in Uggs or anything. So. Oh no, <laughs> Amanda, do you walk around in Uggs and drink PSLs? Oh, no, but I love a good pumpkin spice latte. I'm a big pumpkin slut. Um, but I don't know. I think probably the same as Jane. Actually, I think you know what if it. If it meant hanging out with Eva, I'd be hanging out in the Ouija room. And if it meant hanging out with Victoria, I'd hang out, you know, baking with her. That's Have you why. ever used a Ouija board? Um. Oh God, like in like middle school, like eons ago. Can eons. we can we use the Ouija board to summon the ghosts of the person who goes to me? No, no. <laughs> There's better people to contact. That's true. That's that. true. That's true. Um, okay, so we all know how I feel about the prejudging judging that the boulets offer yeah. with no one in the room. Yep. I still don't know if we can call this canon because is it filmed before the monsters arrived? Is it done after the fact? Is it simply there to justify results? I don't know. All I know is that, that Drag Race does it after the fact when the critiques are given. So it's just a reminder and a rehash. So for this week, we will not include what is said between the boulets together. We're only going to discuss what they said to the monsters' faces. If we have strong feelings that certain things should be discussed, we can throw it inside hmm. the critiques of the looks. How do we feel about that? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, sounds good. But you understand my concern about that those little segments. It's I weird. Know. They I never, know. They never make sense. And it seems like this is now a running theme. But like yeah. a couple of the things that they do just, just don't make sense. Because sometimes they completely contradict themselves. Absolutely. Yeah, wasn't there like a couple of times like during their one-on-ones they'd be like, "Oh, I love it," and then like during this floor stage they would be like, "Oh, yes. what the fuck? Why did you do?" That? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Sure. So as always, they are not there to judge their drag. Drag is art. Art is subjective. But bitch, we about to judge it. Um, what they will be judging them on is their drag as it relates to the competition and the challenges they put before them, aka if you fit our mold. Category is Halloween House Party in honor of the floor show. We're going to play Treat or Trick. Ooh. And we're going to go in the order that they discuss them in the um, solo time. But Melissa, be fierce. No designer is listed. Tell me she does not look like Sharon Needles. Please look at that and say it's Sharon Needles' face. <laughs> no. Um, no. This was a very simple look that all the dough was spent on the prosthetics on the face and nowhere else. She was wearing a bodysuit with a mermaid flare chap. I needed so much more here. This is her first challenge back. I see she's trying to fit the mold of what Dragula is, but it just didn't work for me. This was so underwhelming. Amanda, tell me about Melissa. Okay. I have these wings in black. So that <laughs> already tells you <laughs> that this was a little basic for the challenge. The other thing too, and I was trying not to do this, but you can't help it because we've seen this challenge before. I am going to compare to some of yes. the things we did see and we've seen better. And you know, it's like, bitch, you saw the show too. Like you should have been like, the volume should have been insanely high because you know what people have already brought. And now it's a Titan season. So you know, what's expected of you. Right. Was it good? Yeah. Was it as good as it should have been? No. Jane, thoughts? Um, I'm pretty much on par. Like I, I did enjoy it, yeah. but for like 
a Titans, like, I mean, if you like compared this to like someone like Hoso, then it's like, oh God, like it's very like it compared to like other like talent and stuff, it does feel a little like off the rack. So yeah. it could have been um, better. It's a trick for me. Trick. I don't know, because again, like I own I own a lot of shit that looks like this. So I that would be reading myself. But you don't, but are you you your face doesn't look like Sharon Needles. No, she doesn't look like it either. No, what Sharon's new Sharon face. Needles? Yes, it does. No, it does not. I don't agree with Sharon that. Wishes. I don't think so. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm for the I show, I think it's a um trick compared to like the t- the people that she's it's surrounded. It's a soft treat for me. How about that? I'll... All right, all right. The audience, 50% treat, 50% trick. Very mixed here. Mm-hmm. Next up, Kendra Onyx, look by Tony Neguez, hair by Ornan Del Valle Facade. While she had decent performance moments, again, this was a piss poor um, interpretation. The mug was the best part. It's like she forgot that she had to wear clothes and said, oh, I have shiny <laughs> fabric and it's leather and I'll wear that. I'll make a suit and not any flair to it. It's basic. And I'm sorry, Kendra is not in the top tier of Titans for me. This didn't work. Jane. I like really wanted to like this. Like I thought the makeup and the like flat top, like almost like Grace Jones, like kind of sure. vibe, like I thought was really cool, but like just the ensemble, yeah, was just so basic. I'm like, you couldn't like cut it up or like add a little rhinestone or something, like or fake blood or or some like shrivel of like oh this was like electrocuted or whatever but yeah i really wanted to like this because i thought it was cool but yeah it it was very basic mandy of thoughts i'm with jane here i really wanted to like it because i was like yes black frankenstein's monster like get it like i'm so into that but we saw this so well done with priscilla chambers there's no way, like, again, one more time, you saw what was presented. You picked something that was already done and now I'm going to compare it and you failed in comparison. Like, yeah. why Why would you do that to yourself? It's a trick. Oh, I'm so sad to say it is a trick. I'm so sad. I'm sorry. Audience, audience did not like it. 23% treat, 77% trick. Coco Kane, no designers listed. Um, Coco has won me over as a television contestant, but as far as a look, if you're going for mummy, I need to see mummy and not toilet paper in a mummy game you play at a Halloween party. Um, there was more skin than bandage, and that's the antithesis of a mummy. If she wanted to show skin, go big, like do a zombie or something. This was a waste of a look, and she deserved the low placement here. Amanda, are you going to tell me I'm wrong? Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Again, this is an I will defend her because I do think it fits the challenge, but it's very true to her brand. And she said it herself, like, bitch, I'm messy and that's what I serve. And I'm like, I get it. That would happen to a mummy. Like, I'm here for but it. Get, then then get it Cleopatra. Go no, fashion. Go, that's go. not her. That's not her. She is just a big old slut. And I loved it. Like, but her morticia was not messy. It was very polished. No, yeah. Well, but mummies are messy. I think. Yeah. Isn't. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. I this think it was an like, excuse. I No, I disagree. This has given me very, like, if 
the cock destroyers rest in peace did uh did a mummy look like that's what i got like this is the black version of it and i i i dug it i don't know all right james tell us who's right who's wrong (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm kind i'm gonna play devil's advocate like i really did want to love this but i kind of wanted more mummy you know what i mean like yeah and I do agree like this is her brand that she is messy like then it's like okay if you're gonna be messy then try to stay on par with the theme like she literally just had like a few pieces of fabric and just been like oh I'm a mummy it's like one one of your legs could have been like really wrapped up as a mummy and you could have still showed skin or like or something you know i we we have seen people do basic halloween costume remember saint and the ghost that's how you fucking do it if she's gonna go basic that's it better as 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 they say later it better be the best yard of fabric you've ever put on your body yeah like and especially if you have like a you know like a va va voom like body like Mm -hmm. cocaine then it's like you should really like accentuate it like sure you i mean at this point it's like we kind of expect that you're going to show your tits fine but like but like show them i don't know like accentuate other parts or like expose your tits in a different way i don't know but it's like it could have been elevated it's all i'm gonna say justin said he didn't know what she was at first but really didn't care because the titties are akimbo and who she is shines from the outside and from the inside out with the Nightmare Girls, his eye was going to her. He doesn't know if it hits the assignment, but he's a fan. Cassandra says that she saw. She tried to choreograph some things, but they didn't gel. She says she doesn't blame them, but the fact that there were three people is, is not as easy as with two, which is really easy with one. Swan says there's an, and if there's any ever a panel of judges who can appreciate a skimpy, sexy outfit, it's them. However, if she is going to wear one yard of fabric, she needs to make sure that every inch of it is correct and feels and feels this is not correct. She needed to focus on the detail. Drax says that it's not that it's bad. It's just a little quiet compared to what she normally does and compared to everyone else on the stage. Trick for me. It's an unfortunate trick for me. I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm going to do a soft treat on this. I still like, I mean, I'm insanely biased because I really, really like her, but I just, I'm so like, I like her too, but no, I know. Like, I get what you're saying. Like maybe fine. Add a couple more bandages and that's fine. That's why I'm giving it a soft treat. Just like the panel audience, 35% treat, 65% trick. Victoria Black, no designers listed. What a brilliant return. The headpiece and mask, they were so strong. And to use such a stunningly styled drag wig only to have the gag be what's inside the pumpkin very smart the garment itself very nice i love her use of the goop on the bottom of the dress the gloves with the giant fingers i guess help make it like an anamorphic pumpkin all in all brilliant amanda thoughts on victoria ah what a dream i just this this look i mean she's everything first of all again like I, i can't this is the victoria we all know we love with the special effects, but still fashion, but still yeah. like so fucking well done. I like, I see no flaws in this whatsoever. Agreed. Again, like what a way to start this competition. Jane. Yeah, I agree. Like the detail is like so amazing. I'm like looking at her tights, like the tights even have like that pumpkin, like 
shreds with um like the pumpkin seeds like it's it's just like chef's kiss Hmm. Justin says it's impeccable and what he loves about it is it's absolutely disgusting and absolutely beautiful and stunning at the same time he was getting the whiz Michael Jackson moment head to toe (laughs) brilliant inventive and really nailed the assignment Swan says her performance was really strong and it was joyous to watch her perform. She says she deconstructed every element of a pumpkin and turned it into fashion. Drax says from the shoes to the skirt, the silhouette and the materials are interesting. She says this look is very runway couture. And Cassandra says it looked like Halloween fashion week in hell. She loved the gag with the slime and the pumpkin seed reveal. And she says she they looked like what comes out of a pumpkin. And I guarantee you next season, fashion week in hell is a, is a challenge. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a treat. Brilliant. Oh. What perfection. I can't wait to see Jeremy Scott knock this shit off. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, this is gonna, you were gonna see someone do something like this. Uh, what an absolute super, super treat. Jane. Oh, like treat, 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 treat. Audience, 100 percent treat. Yes. <laughs> neck corset and corset by jamie lee burton uh this is typically oscar doing her thing but fulfilling the brief this time the plushy parts of the of the of the look are very camp i love the stem work on the top of the pumpkin head i think it would have been really cool to have her name spelled out but that's me being very nitpicky the garment she paired it with very simple but when it leads you to the hands and the feet you're back to the realm of horror um i think yoska has learned how to play the game of dragula so watch out amanda uh, this is phenomenal. I was very surprised by this look. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't expect great things from Yavska, but I just, I guess I didn't expect it to be this like pinpoint perfect for the challenge. Like it was definitely thoughtful and very detail oriented, which is a nice change. Yes. Right. And so again, like what a fun but yet creepy, kooky take on this. So, so good. Jean? I agree. I mean, I feel also like with Yoska's drag, it's so like Maximus, like, um, like it's like more is more is more, but I feel like with this look, they've definitely like toned down a bit, but like still, but it's still like Yoska brand. I think this look is so fun. It's a treat for me. Treat, 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 treat. Treat. Audience, 88% treat, 12% trick. Also, Teratoma, look by Hoso. I see the pirate because of the ship. I see pirate because of the sails and the netting and the barnacles. It's a breathtaking visual, but I don't think Hoso has understood that for this game, sometimes too much can hurt a look in a competition. She's not giving you literal, and later down the line with these superstars, when they're bringing it, it could hurt her. I wish she had a hook. That would have been super stupid in camp, but overall... It's wonderful. She's amazing. Jane. All right. I mean, I think I have like just rose colored glasses because I love Hoso, but I did not love this look. That's all right. Um, and, and I think I'm just being, I'm just going to be biased just to be like, oh, I love it. But I, yeah, it's, it's way too much. It's, it's very distracting and, uh, and it's al- almost kind of like, where's your body? <laughs> like, like, like she looks kind of boxy to me. I mean, wouldn't it be camp and amazing to see her like version of like a, a Jack Sparrow? Like that would be interesting. Just That'd... give us literal and see what literal looks like. That would be kind of cool. Like for this, it's like, it's like, are you part sea monster? Are you like, 
an actual like pirate pirate i'm i'm a little confused but i mean the artistry is clearly like uh, amazing no doubt about that but it, it is just a bit too distracting for me amanda are you on board with the pirate queen i you know it's funny i didn't know this was a pirate um <laughs> and that says a lot because it took the actual visual like title text that says Hoso Teratoma as the pirate for me to yeah. actually get that. And even then, I still don't believe it. Um, is it look fierce? Yeah, absolutely. Craftsmanship is there. Like, I don't mind that it's baggy, boxy. To me, it's not even pirate, though. It seems more like a visual representation of a shipwreck. Sure. So I like it. Yeah. I, again, I think it's great. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm fearful for her down the line when people are giving you perfection, and if you question anything, it will knock her out. Um, but it's a trick for me, a, a treat for me. Treat. Oh, it's a treat. Eighty-eight percent treat, twelve percent trick. Even destruction. Look by Amethyst, jewels by Ilias Closet, hair by Hats by Carlos. Branding is huge, brilliant. She is giving you sexy devil and lingerie, but I think I love the dress she wore before the reveal more like completely unexpected. She is giving you all the classic elements, putting her stamp on them. Um, I love the three cigarette holder as a pitchfork. Very, very smart. But her makeup was mesmerizing. Like the, the use of color and the highlight, on point. Amazing. Amanda, do you want to go to hell with Eva? Oh my God, yes, right now. <laughs> um, okay, we talked about how we've seen this challenge done before. This is the way you do something that was done before and you do it again and you do it better than the first time we saw it because this is infinitely so much better than what Louisiana just showed us. (laughs) And it's just, it blows my mind. Like it's hot. It's still scary. It is just like the best of every, like it's so fucking good. I can't stop looking at it. The attention to detail Ah, it's so good. Jane, did it fulfill all the pillars of Dragula for you? Oh, heck yeah, it did. I mean, it definitely felt like if Joan Crawford was Satan. (laughs) Um, It's possible. I I thought it was... (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was so amazing. And I did like the coat a lot too. And especially like, I think they showed like a close-up like... um, of her coat that it was like kind of like tattered a little yeah. bit yeah like just very little details like that amazing and i love the pitchfork cigarette i thought that was like a nice little like wink and everything Ugh, like this whole look is just sheer perfection justin says not only did she nail the assignment but the twists and turns and the big costume reveal was amazing he loves a chest hair or two on her queen and loved how she incorporated the body hair he says what came from her as a character and performer was exciting cassandra says her two outfits went together so fantastically she says she has a joan crawford thing going on and she says who i smoke one cigarette when you can smoke three at a time <laughs> she says to her to think of this as a regular look to which Eva was like i'm not going to do that uh drax says she was most impressed by her performance as she could tell she was feeling it and embodying the she devil persona eva says she wanted to take the approach of hell is hot but i feel it's hotter and swan says she loved the take on the devil but didn't see a huge variation from the source material however when the dress came off she was daddy's naughty little girl full treat for me oh yeah absolutely treat 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 audience 96 percent treat four percent trick 
this one person, this one character, I swear to God. <laughs> Abora, uh, no designers listed. If you can't figure it out in a second, it's not successful. And even what she did present was weak. At first, I was like, are you going as Francis Conroy in American Horror Story as Myrtle Snow in Hell? But I was very wrong on that. Uh, we have the signature Abora face, but that's it. The jumper was green velvet, very boring. The hands were weird. Was it a bird? We'll never know. Jane, can you explain what we saw? I mean, at first when I saw it, I'm like, is she poison, like a, a, a messed up poison ivy? Because <laughs> no, because she had like the green like outfit and like the red hair. So I'm like, maybe it's a Bora's interpretation. But yeah, I'm really confused. And like the weird hands, I'm like, is that like Danny DeVito penguin hands? I don't understand. <laughs> hey, it could have been a whole conglomeration of Batman villains. Amanda, maybe. um... Can you make sense of it? No, I still can't. And even after I was told what it was, I still like, I don't believe it. I just like. Yeah, I don't. I don't. There's nothing really. You want to talk about like not doing much and just pulling something out of your ass. Like this was it for me. So Cassandra knows they were going for classic horror tropes, but she couldn't find out what she really was. So she asked what she was in a Boris says alien um and she says it didn't come across if you go to abora's instagram she does explain that this is a specific kind of alien from a specific reference um it didn't work it did not read swan says it was such a miss that she wasn't a weirdo that showed up at a party that she wasn't invited to at the wrong house uh very on brand drax says she really has star power and forgot how exciting and unpredictable and wily she is there's no one else like her in the drag world she tells her going forward to not overthink the challenges and to interpret them a little more literally she says she didn't know all the words, which was a problem. Justin says with queer art, we have to honor our weird shit inside and honor the voice always, but you have to build a bridge to other people so they can get it too. And he didn't get it. He says in the challenge, lip sync wasn't on point and energetically brought her partner down. I think what Justin said about the bridge, spot on. Any drag contestant on any show needs to remember that. And for that, I give it a trick. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Same. I mean, it's it's sort of like a joke. If you have to explain the joke, then it's not good. And if right. you have to explain your drag, then I don't know. Wah, wah, wah. Audience: twelve percent tree, eighty-eight percent trick. Erica Clash look by Tria Canell, hair by Loma Prieta, bat ears by Lexa Nico, bat nose by Fox Henderson. Okay, I've clearly become the Erica Clash defender. Now, I thought I had seen her do this look before, but I remember that she's done many bats before, including the Burberry bat look that she revealed on social media around when Resurrection came out as she was a rumored alternate for that show. Was that better? Yes. But if you've done bat before, why do it again? It's very simple. I won't say it's basic because you can't get this at Halloween spirit, but the elements were just not up to par. The mug was classic. The silhouette is easy. The bat wings bring it into like this vintage disco era, despite the color story. I just need her to push it further and faster or she's going to be in trouble because the other girls are not going to see you as a monster. And if they don't see you as a monster, you're fucked. Jane. I really like this look a lot. <laughs> um, I thought it was like very adorable and I thought her mug and wig was like really awesome. Um, yes, it did look basic, but you could automatically tell she was a bat. And sure. yeah. Um, and 
I don't know. I I liked it, and also it's on par with Erica's aesthetic. So I have to I have to give her credit where credit is due. Amanda, did you like Batgirl? I liked it, but you know how you said you can't get it at Spirit Halloween, but you could get it at Hot Topic. So see, that's <laughs> the problem with me because I've seen that shit at Hot Topic. That's number one. Number two, again, not to take away, like I do think it was a great look and it was realized. But I also am familiar with the look you're talking about that Purietta, Purietta did. Mm-hmm. Um, why wouldn't you just fucking show that? Like, I don't I care if you posted it because it's infinitely better and it's bad, but it's fashion and it's really, really cool. And I would have like, you can't show us that and then come on Dragula and show us what you show. Like what? I agree. No. I agree. Justin says she looks adorable and he got what she was giving and thought she was good in the video. He feels that maybe conceptually she felt a little anchored and but she kept trying to make it hers. Swan says she found this placement by default. She says her look is adorable and her lip sync was correct. The reason she is there is because she needs to turn up the volume. She needs to look at her and be excited. She says this is good, but she's capable of great. She also will say that she was carrying the weight of two. Cassandra says the she loves the little furry chest and the fur boot. She says her makeup looks like a looked like a bet she says there's no question she hit the assignment but she thought there could have been something a little bit more as it didn't go far enough and drax says she nailed the lip sync and didn't do anything wrong per se but the silhouette looked quiet she says her makeup looks good her costume looks good and it would be unwise for anyone to underestimate her Uh, i don't know i'm gonna go trick amanda it's a soft treat agreed Audience right in the middle, 50% treat, 50% trick. And finally, we have Astrid Aurelia, look by Astrid, brilliant. She's ready to fight. I think the color story is breathtaking. Like, love the play of the blues and the teals and the orange. She knows how to craft something extraordinary. Her mug is on point. I love her. Amanda, do you love her as much as I love her? No. Um, And I, um, no, no, I, mug was great. You know what was really bothering me though? I really, really didn't like the application of the toothpicks. That sort of took it away from the fantasy for me because I guess in my eyes, if I wanted to do that, I would have actually gotten that beautiful, like pleated fabrics, like actually make it a little bit more fashion. Mm -hmm. This is a little too cosplay going to Comic-Con, did it myself at home vibes. And, you know, like you could do better, you know? Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Jane, what did you think? I loved it. Um, I thought this was amazing. Um, I kind of like that she used toothpicks and I think like Thai rice paper. She yeah, said. I thought that was really clever. Listen, I, I'm not saying the technique was bad. I'm just saying that she could have gotten that same look in a better, more elevated way. Fair. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought this creature from the black lagoon look was so like beautiful cassandra calls it fabulous and names the creature from the black lagoon meets the shape of water she says it's very creative take on the trope that everyone knows justin says the craftsmanship is impeccable he says she nailed the host as she gave character story and was blown away drax asks her how she felt about being the top she says she feels wonderful but she's a little hesitant to get too excited scared of a little deja vu we say Drax says she was great as the host says she took the campy, goofy energy that was required of her and she rose to the occasion. And Swan says the role of the host could have been the death sentence to the wrong performer, but she took it and she should be very proud. Agreed. It's a treat for me. 
it is definitely a treat for me. Um, I based on the look, I would have said soft, but her performance like won me over because I did think she did really, really well. Jane, give me all the candy because she's a treat. <laughs> That's what the audience said. One hundred percent treat. Yes, you can tell. It's those people from Brooklyn voting. (laughs) (laughs) I know who's voted. I know who voted. Listen, but where are the people from Queens? And Mm -hmm. anyone from Paul's the queen? Mm -hmm. All right. Yoska, Hosa, Kendra, and Melissa are deemed safe. Astrid, Victoria, and Eva are the tops. Coco, Erica, and Abor are the bottoms. And the winner is the ghost host with the most, Victoria. Do you agree with these results? Because I do not. Um... I, I would have put Kendra in the bottom and I would have put um, uh, Erica safe. I, I, yeah, I just don't um, understand what we were doing here. I think this was all for a plot line. I, I could, yeah, I, I could kind of see that. Um, I, I thought you meant you didn't agree with the top. <laughs> no, 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 no. That, 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 that was okay. all That's what I thought too. I was like, wait a I second. was like, uh, excuse me. Yeah, the bottom, uh, yeah, I, I would have agreed with that. So now this is normally the part where they put two of them up for elimination, but they are so thrilled to have them all back that they refuse to ruin the family reunion personally, so they're going to let them do it themselves. Each of them will secretly tell them who they think did the weakest, and the two performers who received the most votes for being the worst will ascend the steps of souls to the guest ghostly gallery, and one of them will be cast down to oblivion. Um, This is where alliances are very handy, ain't it? <laughs> They're going to head to the cauldron to have some serve vodka and mull over their decision. Also, I'm, the fact that serve vodka's faces are the queens from Drag Race, the irony you, is not lost. I'm telling you, I am telling you, there is <laughs> someone like I. To be fair, to be fair, it's Manila and her um, partner are the creators of serve vodka. They are very close to the boulets when in the I, LA scene. Mm, I get I it, know. but it's just so funny. I get it, but I just, I. I'm telling you, <laughs> one of these days we're gonna fucking see a crossover, and I'm gonna die. Like this yep. is, it's gonna happen. It's it's. I, I I've said it before. Cooking, do you know I mean? do a season where you you bring the contestants who are actually monsters, not Jade Lee, to <laughs> Dragula. Give me Charity Case. Give me yes. Onyx. These yes, are the people yes, who yes, need yes. that platform. I'm here oh for it. God. You know, I put Jeffrey on it as well. Joffrey, like he clearly is friends with them, but. I can't. Work. Um, all right, it's time to play Survivor. Victoria feels this is daunting and doesn't want to send anyone home, but Astrid will say that they, where they are in the competition, she thinks it is in their best interest to go with votes for people who were in the bottom. Brilliant, easy strategy. Victoria does say that Abora was the worst of the evening as she knows that she was the only one that no one knew who she was. Eva, though, can't say who she's going to vote for as she doesn't know who is thinking what, and Melissa will straight up say that she knows she has a love for Abora, but they have to go with what the judges said on the runway. Eva says she doesn't want to get twisted if they see each other, but she will write her name down. She doesn't care. But Hoso says they can say all they want and play it fair, but if they wanted to do something different in the back, nothing is stopping them, just their integrity. And I said, that is the game that no one wanted to play. Of course you can say something and be dirty. Do you think Hoso was the only one thinking it, or do you think the others were thinking it but didn't want to say it? They were all thinking it. Yeah. Like, duh. <laughs> yeah, like, come on now. And I think this is where this twist is a little interesting. Like, I think if the boule said it has to be only people in the bottom, 
then it's all gonna be fair and, and you'll still have drama right. but the fact that they let that loophole in and basically could say hey hey astrid you're in the top get out of here exactly oh my god the fans would flip the fuck out but it'll be good tv now eva will say she will be pissed if anyone puts anyone's name down who was not in the bottom um we're gonna get to that put a pin on that idea in a second but coco's gonna plead her case and say she shouldn't be voted for because messy is who she is um and we already discussed it we me and amanda don't agree but it's fine um it's fine um, but Victoria says that they want an elevated Titan, to which Coco says she could have been uh, elevated, but she wanted to be a messy mummy at a house party. We'll go with it. Fine. Erica doesn't believe she should be sent to hell because her lip sync was sickening. Her, she was camp, and she says it comes down to Coco and Abora as Abora was the least prepared. Um, she will very meekly say that she could have listened to the song a couple more times, Abora, but you can tell that she was spiraling. She was, she was going to just... If, she, if there was ever going to be a quit... Abora was going to do it here. It was very Alaska in the bottom of, yeah. yeah, of all stars. Like it was, it was kind of like we were getting there. Now, Astrid is going to be very sweet here and tell Abora that she doesn't want her to catastrophize the situation. And Abora just zones out and she's going to decide to tell Coco and Erica that their looks lacked imagination and they did the bare minimum, which is not fair. Not fair to say to them. And then Coco's like, wait, what about this challenge screen complicated? And Kendra thinks her excuse was dripping of self-pity. Eva is disappointed in Abora's behavior and doesn't recognize this person. Abora will say that she has such good work coming. And Kendra's like, you're getting my vote because I don't know who you are. That's a fair reason, right? (laughs) Cut to Yovska in confessional saying she can't believe no one knows what she is. She's clearly a feather duster so good i died don't get rid of yovsky yet like no. even if she fails just she's the best in confessionals right now no. oh my god abora is going to tell them to vote with their heart but without her in the competition it will have a lot less steam and melissa is going to call her out for being shady kendra's going to call her narcissistic and whether you like it or not this alliance is in full force they're like we have this moment we want to save coco even if um she's digging her own grave we're going to make sure she is highlighted was this a good strategy? Yeah, of course. Power yeah, numbers, baby. Exactly. Hosa will chime in that many people are making it clear that Abora will get votes as people are making it clear that they don't like her. And Astrid will try to come to Abora's defense. And then the alliance of three is freaking out for anybody defending Abora. And that's when it started to get a little messy and gross because it's like, just let her speak her mind. Um, but they'll believe that it's the love triangle trying to save Abora. And I was like, but Astrid doesn't like Abora. Why is she defending her and saving her? Oh, because she's a nice person. She's mm-hmm. defending someone having a real hard time. That's admirable, right? No, no, no. Is that, is that, is that nice. monster enough? No. Not on this show. <laughs> Melissa says y'all sign up for a competition and not to be Barney and friends. And that is my new tagline. Don't be Barney and friends. That's right. It's the equivalent of this is not RuPaul's best friends best race. Friend race. That's, right. Really was. That's right. Now, Kendra will say that Erica sat there and pleaded her case without putting anyone down. Coco did the same. Um, Hoso is a fangirl of Abora and wants to see what she has to offer. Just wants to see her go home. And here we're going to introduce my next production complaint. So on shows like Survivor and Drag Race, where there is a voting element, 
the contestants are what we call put on ice so they no longer can discuss as the voting begins. Here, it's just free-range conversations so they can vote willy-nilly and say whatever they want before people go up to vote. Am I just being nitpicky here? Should they have been quiet before they went to vote? Yeah, it's not so serious. Well, because okay. there are people whose vote changes based on conversations they have. Eh, it's okay. <laughs> like, we're going to watch Yovska tell Erica that she doesn't feel she should be lumped into the bottom, but Erica knows that people are going to be shady. Melissa is going to go to vote with the quill and puts it in the bowl. Kendra's voting for Abora as she believes she's had the least amount of growth. Interesting excuse. Yovska votes. We see Erica vote. Victoria puts her vote in. Astrid, we see, is going to vote for Coco. Eva votes for Erica for her onesie being having a onesie with bat wings. And we're going to put a pause on the voting part because Poso and Abora are on the couch. Clearly, the pressure is mounting because the shock of all shocks is about to happen. Abora knows she made an enemy out of everyone. Hosa will grovel to her and tell her that she won't vote her off mm-hmm. as that will put a target on her back too, though. Abora says it's not fair, but Hosa will admit that she knows it's not fair. But I won't admit it on camera. While there's a camera on you. <laughs> it strikes something inside of Hoso. And the kiss initiated by Hoso happens. Again, how is her partner feeling about watching this show now? telling you they're definitely polyamorous for sure i i wouldn't be on the table that shit is on the table and you know that their partner is like doing shit while they're away so it's fine but again like like now i could sort of like empathize with abora because it's sort of like you're saying like you know i love you but you're not like you're Mm -hmm. yeah like like, hoso's giving yeah hoso's like giving mixed signals and i don't like it I mean, Bora will ask, so you just kiss your friends and host like, if I love them enough. She literally does just use the word love and made that the action that she did. Um, but, Bora's like, I don't want to overstep and host is like, I'll let you know if you do. It, it's weird. It's weird. You're but really- also gay. Well, the gays do this all the time. <laughs> oh my God. I was going to say that's, you know, you know. <laughs> like the collective shock in this room like are they playing this for production to keep her like we know sometimes you do things to let production keep you like you know remember um sagittaria and the demon lormy talking about that boy they never talking about it it's the only reason why dovima stayed is because that plot line is this what they were trying to do here to make abora stay i don't know i think i don't i think i think maybe this was just a full circle story arc for Abora that, you know, she's, she has a heart. You know what I mean? It's like a redeeming <laughs> moment. She's not a piece of shit. She has a heart. She's a human, you know? Yeah. And, and do you know what the difference between love and friendship is though? <laughs> According to them, it's very gray. So. Yeah. There's a very fine line, isn't there? Um, Abora goes down and writes a name and it's Erica. And we're going to see Hosa write a name now. Did you see which name she wrote down? Mm, didn't she write who did she write down she wrote down Yovska. yeah oh yes yes that's right and i was like Word. what the fuck um and then possibly the best moment of the episode coco can't write with the quill because of her nails and she's going to try <laughs> to use her nails with the ink um this was the case of a cute idea for the production but the producers forgot like how the execution is going to work give the girl a pen and learn how to spell Abora. This was just classic. This was so good. <laughs> was so funny. You see why 
she must stay in the competition. But you she got it up her I, game. Do you see what I see? I need her taste level to go up, skyrocket to the moon. Uh, uh, now, the votes are in. We have our top two vote getters. Um, we're just going to bypass that bad TV editing with like the scroll appearing in the hand. Rock yeah, and talk yeah, about yeah. it. Bad, bad, bad. But it's Erica and Abora. Do you wish we could have seen how all the votes were cast? Yeah, because I I don't like how one misvoting was sort of like like free reign for anyone. Um, but also, I don't know. Like, If you're going to tease us with Eva saying she'll be pissed that if you put a name that's not in the bottom and then we see Hoso voting for Yovska, I need you're telling me that's going to be a piece of drama. Why are we not seeing that? Didn't Eva vote for Yovska too? Uh, no, Eva voted for Erica. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. The problem is that if they do that, then it really is like drag race, isn't it? I don't care. No, no. If you put the names out there, no, they they still don't know who. I listen. Who. We got Coco's moment, and that's all I needed. <laughs> I Amanda's like, I don't care. I don't well, they they, they did say it was close. It. I want to know where that closeness came from. I want to know how. I want to know how this works. But they're going to ascend the staircase of souls to the ghostly gallery. Um, what's going on? Well, one of them is going to be dropped into the pit of oblivion, and um. It's a trap door, motherfuckers. I loved it. Come on. But they had to know. And this is why I think they knew is because they both put their hands across their chest because that's what you're supposed to do for a trap door sometimes or like a slide um, for safety reasons. I think they knew. Um, but a is out. Erica's been spared. The Battle of the Titans continues. I have a theory here. Based oh. on what the Boulet said, if they were going to eliminate someone, I think they would have eliminated Coco. Because they love Abora and what she brings. They didn't think Erica should have been there. I think they might have been, they would have eliminated Coco. Hmm. But the votes weren't there for that to happen. Am I just being crazy? Amanda thinks I'm crazy. I don't I don't know. That that is some conspiracy theory. I love it. But <laughs> I know here's the other thing, theory. friends. Here's the this this is Dragula. There's always a death scene. We did not see a boar die. I think she's coming back. I but, know we have the fright feet twist. Yeah, I thought they they're said not letting they're not letting their superstar and, fan favorite go home. And they're already dead. So they can't. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think we will get death scenes this mm-hmm. season. That's the pinnacle of the show. We always see them one less montage of a, of a no. Of a I know, but I thought they really made up. They didn't they say like that's why they're doing. I don't. Yeah, I don't I, know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I mean, thought, I just, my takeaway is that they're already dead and they're being resurrected. Correct. Correct. So you can't. No, that was the other show. No. <laughs> but like, or they were given a second chance, so you can't re-kill them. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, fine, then I want to see them in hell and like talk to um, Satan. Do you think the Boulets had a moment where they were like, fuck, we shouldn't have named that last special resurrection because that would have been the perfect <laughs> yes. name yeah. for this all-star season. Yes. Not Titans, but resurrection. Sorry, that yeah. came into my head while we were talking. No, about I, I, think you, I think you're right. You know they had to like, 
fuck? Why did we do that? Why? Why? Because they really didn't think, you know, they were like, no, it's never going to happen. And then they got that shutter money and they're like, oh, yes, it could happen. All right. I got some burning questions to finish this podcast up. What is Abora's legacy? (laughs) We're going to do the nice person first. Jane, what do you think? Um, I think Abora's legacy is that she will still be the kooky monster. Um, but a bit unhinged on many levels. Amanda? Um, all I got from this episode was how much they love Hoso. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, yeah. work, me too. And so I guess I got some relatability to her. And I guess that's a win for me. I don't that's know. That's a nice <laughs> twist. That's a positive you twist. You know what I mean? Like, that was like, okay, all right. Like, again, that's... But other than that, like, we didn't really see much of her and like her dress like she didn't fulfill the challenge she didn't like all we saw was her like i love also so much but he doesn't love me back yeah that's like okay yeah it's true um (laughs) we got a lot out of this episode a lot of things happen who's going to be eliminated next we're going to start with amanda go (gasps) um i think it's i think it's erica i think she's next to go it's possible I i don't i just I feel bad saying this because I, I do think there is a special place for what she does and I don't want to discount what she does at all. Um, but I just, I don't think she, she was ready for this or she's, or you know what? It's not even that she's just not on the same level as the people that I know without a doubt are going to be finalists. Do you know what I, I mean? Like I think with how this twist is set up, even if she's not in the bottom, they're all going to vote for her. They don't respect her. They don't like her. Correct. The contestants do bad. not want her there. Yeah. And the Willays are going to only be able to save her many, as many times as they can. And I think that's why Erica is probably going to get the cut very, very, very soon. Jane, where, where are you falling? Oh, that makes me so sad. I do not disagree with you. It's like, the game they set up. It's their fault. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah, wouldn't it be like really effed up if it was Astrid again? <laughs> oh, I would. Live. But she didn't win this week, so it's not deja vu. It's close to it. It, it would true. be so funny though. <laughs> I would be um, like, Oof. <laughs> it would be so good. I, I mean, based on what we saw, I, we all know that I'm not feeling the fantasy of Kendra Onyx. So if she goes, she goes. Um, but I but really she has I think that based, alliance. So I. That's I think... what I'm saying. I think that's why Erica is going to be a sacrificial lamb. I can see Yoffska being a sacrificial lamb as well, because oh. again, the name's been thrown out there um so they don't respect this twist may backfire a little bit but hey we're getting the drama and after yeah go ahead (laughs) well you know that's what happened with uh all stars one so you know they learned and i'm sure the next go around we'll see something even better but i think if it's between like yoska and erica i think erica is probably absolutely yeah oh yeah all right after one episode the winner of the season is jane I mean, you know who my top three is, but like I, I would, uh, I would like it to be Eva, but I would not be upset if it was like Hoso or Victoria. Okay, Amanda. Okay, I. Okay, how how I don't know because this season has really created a, a, a conflict here for me because I love Eva so much. 
but I also love Victoria so much. And I've been looking up to her for years as I, I mean, I look up to Eva as well, but in a different way, I just, I don't fucking know. And I hope like, this is very much a, a double crown moment for me. Like just give <laughs> them the money, yeah. like, just like let them both win. They're both insanely amazing. They're wonderful people. They're so fucking talented. Don't make me choose. Just give them both money because they deserve it. That's what I think. I'm going to go with Eva because that's where I've been staying. And I think Victoria is right on her heels at the moment. Um, it's going to come down to the next couple challenges. And I think we're going to see some big front runners really take um, the crown. But I think we are definitely in a place based on what we've seen in a single episode. There are definitely people who are completely out of it. No chance of hell winning. Oh yeah, for sure. All right. Well, where can we find you both on social media, any projects to plug in? Of course, Venmo, give them money. Jane. Uh, you could follow me or not follow me on Instagram at pick up your mess. <laughs> Amanda. Like uh, honestly, save you can follow me or not follow me. That's <laughs> your choice. Um, <laughs> I don't even know my Instagram handle anymore. I have on Instagram in like the longest fucking time. Amanda.masker. There you go. That's what it is. Um, and you know, uh, Latin Hispanic Heritage Month ended, but it doesn't matter. You can still Venmo me at Amanda Masker. <laughs> All one word. And um I don't know like it's just money for wednesday and everybody loves wednesday uh listeners if you want jane to start an instagram account for pat tell us <laughs> yes that's right laszlo needs the followers no laszlo's very private <laughs> well you can still have a private account wednesday's account's private not everybody gets to see the well we all know my opinion on that i think wednesday needs to be a hollywood starlet but her mother will not let that happen <laughs> i won't so. let her do it <laughs> Well, thank you both so much for being here. This was a blast. Thank you. Thank you for having us. A giant thank you to Jane and Amanda for coming on. Subscribe to your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review while you're there. And don't forget to visit buymeacoffee.com slash block talk to show support for the pod. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Block Talk.